in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Welcome in, everybody. It is Friday, July 14th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studio, the remote studio here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. If you're interested in higher learning, you're around from this area, or you're streaming from, I don't know, Italy, but you think the UofL College of Business could be for you, visit business.louisville.edu to see what they can do, including getting your MBA to you in just 12 months. Again, business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet. You know us better as the Big X. It's Mike Rutherford here with Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus. We've made it to Friday, Scoots. I know it's been a, I feel like it's been a hellacious week for everybody for some reason. It's the middle of summer. You'd think it wouldn't be this bad. My wife has been working like, she's like, every night I get home and she's like, can you watch the kids for a couple hours? I got to go upstairs and get a few more things done. Like she's been slammed. Um, I've been slammed. Trevor's been gone. I feel like everybody I turn to is, but you're working like 50 hour work weeks on radio alone. You've made it though. It's Friday. This is the last few hours. You're almost good to go. And you forgot to turn your mic on. There, there we go. There we go. There, there we go. Oh, it's in and out. Oh, this is not good. This it's is not, Friday. There we go. It's Friday. Right, there we it, go. It, it worked all day, so I, it should be good to go. But yeah, it's it's been a crazy week for me. I uh, I loved hearing you say that it's Friday because I've just got to get through this three hours, and then I've got two days or a day and a half at least to basically just do nothing. I do have to mow my grass today, so that's kind of a bummer. Or tonight when we're done with the show, so. But it is what it is. It's been a it's been a long week, but we're we're almost at the finish line. So, so no hotel. Just nope. You've got a, a solid forty hours just to scoot. Let's until let's scoot Sunday morning at seven. Yep. A little golf, maybe. I might play golf. I'm going to try to play tomorrow. Me and my roommate want to play, but he's got a car appointment, so we've got a schedule around that. And it's supposed to rain in the morning, and then rain tomorrow night as well. So we're only going to have a brief window to golf. Would love to golf tomorrow, but we'll we'll see if we're able to make it happen. Man, it is. This is the wrong time of the summer to be mowing the yard. It's nasty out there. It's disgusting. It's it's rough. The air quality's bad. Just gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, gotta get out there. Now, I so last summer when I was get when I got real sick, for the first time in my life, like I we we paid our we, we have a guy who did our our 
would come out and do landscaping a couple times a year and, and help us out. And we paid him to start mowing the yard. And he was like, I'm it's like, I'm not doing it this year. I'm sorry. Like I'm, I'm done with the, uh, he had another job and he's like, I'm done with the landscaping stuff. So like I, cause I was feeling better mowed from April until, till recently. And then just recently when I kind of started feeling like crap again, after vacation, had to miss the day last week and our, our yard was getting very And Mary's never mowed a yard in her life. Like, my what? wife has never, she's never, never mowed a yard. She's missing out. She kept doing the thing where she's like, I'll do it. Like, you know, you just got to teach me. And I'm like, you, I don't think you can handle it. She's missing out. I it's fun. I don't, it's, do you, now, do y'all have a push or a riding? Push. Push. I mean, we don't have, our, our yard's not, yeah, big it's not for, that big for yeah. a riding mower. I would love to have a riding mower at some point in time, but we finally just had to because I was feeling like crap. And I, I got the front yard done the other morning when it was like 73, but I couldn't get the, I was, was Get super dizzy, just not good for me to be out there. And so we started. We, we paid somebody now for the last like two and a half months. I'm like, damn it, I gotta get through all summer next year because I, I hate doing the thing where it's like, I hate somebody else cutting my yard. Yeah. I do. And it reminds me of the when Mary was saying she was going to do it. There's a great, do you know Nate Pergazzi? We talk about him on the show a decent amount. Uh, no, not he's, a, he's a comedian. He's from, his parents are actually from Louisville. I think he was born in Louisville. He grew up in Nashville. He's got like a nice twang. He kind of sounds, his voice kind of sounds a little bit like yours. But he, oh, you mean Kermit? Yeah, not, Kermit not, the molester. Not quite as molester Kermity, <laughs> but uh, definitely a little bit of a, a twang to it. And he's he's a funny guy, but he has this whole bit where he's like, he, his wife really likes to cut the grass, and he's he's like, I'll he's like, you can do that as long as you let all of your our neighbors know that you want to do it. Because I don't want anybody looking at me like this guy makes his wife mow the grass, and like that's all I could think of. I was like, we need to put a disclaimer out there. Like, I'm not feeling well. She volunteered to do this. It's gonna be okay. But now, thankfully, we isn't have it sad you have it. to think about it that way though. You, but you kind of do. Like yeah. you know, you kind of like, I, I, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just it's it's one of those things. Like I grew up, my dad mowed our yard, and then when I got of age, like I would mow our yard at my parents' house, and you, know, you just kind of, I, I, I do. It is a predominantly male job. For sure. For sure. And, and so, like, I would do it when we first moved in this house all the time. And I was like, yeah, especially when it gets this time of year, you're like, it just sucks. And Mary would always talk about how she's like, my dad loved cutting the grass. I'm like, you have three sisters. Like, it, it is your, your dad was outnumbered from the beginning. I'm sure he did love cutting the grass because guess what? When we had two kids, I liked cutting the grass a little bit too. <laughs> it, it's a nice little hour to yourself. You get to listen to whatever you want to. You, you are, you know, you, you, it's worth the sweat to get out there and do it. But, I used to, yeah, I used to, I kind of got to like cutting the grass and just right then I got to a point where I couldn't. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot my roommate a text here in a minute and be like, Hey, with the rain tomorrow, we need to cut the grass today in hopes that by the time I get home, he's already done with it. No, that'd be nice. That would be the dream scenario. So I assume because you asked, you guys do have a riding mower. No, we have a push mower. Oh, you don't. You just yeah. stay standard push. Mm-hmm. Gas? Gas. Yep. I bought an electric one for the first time, like a few years ago. Does it have a cord? Yeah. Really? And what I, I tried to use it once and I hated it. So I took it right back. I'm like, no, I'm like, this isn't me. I'm not. I just, I can't imagine those cords are long enough. I did. Well, it had a cord to charge. Oh, okay. Then you take the cord out. But like, it, I don't know. It was, maybe I was just too dumb to use it correctly. It didn't <laughs> feel like the juice was worth the squeeze. It felt like it was too much. It was too high maintenance for me. And I'm like, just pour the gas in, start the thing up and let's go. Like that's, that's all I know. So I went, I took it back to Home Depot. I got the, I, uh, I, got just, I, I left it in terrible shape. I can't believe they actually took it back. I'm like, this piece of crap, get it off. And I bought like a, a standard one. Have had zero problems in like six years. It's all you need. Don't don't feel gas bad, mode. Mike. You're just one guy. Just, your, your gas usage isn't going to destroy the planet. Jonathan Moxon just, one, just guy. one man. He's just one man. But yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. it's worked out well for me. But I do, I'd like to get to a point, well, I'd love to get to a point one day where I have like a big yard and I can just hire people to do stuff. 
<laughs> that's going to take a lot of it's going to be on my wife primarily to get to get, to get us to that point uh, unless big x blows up big time really soon which is always possible but if i did have a big enough yard and could do it myself i'd love to get a riding mower they always were just so because when I used to work at St. Joe's, the big task every Monday was you have that huge land, all that acreage, like mm-hmm. all the, the – the, they called us the picnic crew. We had to, to mow the grass every Monday. And first years, you were on weed eating, which sucked. It was terrible. It was awful. Second year, you were on push mower, but if some of like the upper guys were, were off, you could do the skag or you could do the tractor, which was awesome, or you could do like the, the, just the standard riding mower. It was just like, – that was the best – the tractor cutting the grass was the greatest thing in the entire That's how world. I got my start cutting grass. Was on tractor? On a tractor, yeah. So you wouldn't look at me and say, that guy's, that's a guy who knows how to drive a tractor. I know how to drive a tractor. Me too. I can do it. Yeah. We could do it together. It took it took me like four and a half hours to mow my dad's grass growing up with the tractor. Was it really? Yeah. Really? And then now he's got a zero turn. It takes less than two. Still, that's a long it's time. It's crazy. That's a long time. It's a lot of land. Uh, it is Friday. We've made it. The weekend's here. We also have made it back to sports after what it's felt like. I mean, the Reds haven't played since Sunday, and it feels like it's been a million years since mm-hmm. the last time I saw them. And I'm sure if you're a fan of a different team, I feel like it's you're probably thinking the same thing, unless you don't care about your team anymore, Like in which case, fine. But uh, the, the Reds are back. I got the jersey on today, wearing the City Connect. They're rocking the City Connect tonight. It's a great-looking jersey. Oh, thank you so much. It's I, my first time seeing it. I jokingly said when they sent it to me, like, this is – this starts the road to the 2023 World Series because they were not playing well at the time. And since then, people like people are always like, here's the record post-LA De La Cruz. How about the record post-Jersey send-out? <laughs> it's been pretty damn good. I think we're like 12 games under over 500 since I got the jersey. Wow. But uh, excited about tonight. Big series against the Brew Crew. Pumped for to have baseball back. We've got some UofL topics to get to. The UofL women dropped their second game after we got off the air yesterday in Canada. We'll discuss that. Jeff Walls, though, not... Not horribly disappointed, it didn't seem like. We had Damian Lee spending some time with the UofL men's basketball team at these camps. Uh, he, he had some kind words. We can play some audio from that, talking about uh, Kenny Payne and what it's like to be a Louisville Cardinal. And then standard Friday nonsense. Uh, I, I've heard some negative things about this quarterback series. Not like the players look bad or whatever, just like it's not, it's not that good. We can discuss that. If you've been watching something good, we need a new show. We're, we're nearing the end of Ted Lasso. We need to figure out what we're going to do next. I know the Bear gets a ton of suggestions on the text line all the time. If you have a non-Bear suggestion, let us know. And if you have anything, it's Friday. We want to hear from you. Hit us up on the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. I was actually thinking about you yesterday when I restarted the Bear. I had watched the first five episodes, and then you all keep bringing it up. So I was like, I just need to bring it back. So you punted, and, and then like you you needed to refresh yourself. So you started Yeah, so I watched, I watched the last episode that I saw and the next one, and I'm glad I hopped back on. It is good. Okay, all right. But I'm kind of I'm I did the same exact thing with Stranger Things. I like gave up after the first episode of season four. So I'm I'm trying to do both of those at the same time, like rewatch them. You gave up after the first episode? Yeah, it was. It, I think it was because it was like two hours long, and I was just done with it. I, like I didn't want every episode to be two hours, and they're not going to be two they're hours. Not. It's good. The, the last season of Stranger I Things was actually good. just what before your show. I just watched the second episode of season four, and it was it was pretty good as well. So it's good. It's definitely it's getting crazy. I think it's sort of like the. I don't think of what to compare it to. Like some series where you start off with a younger audience, and then you know that that primary audience has gotten older, so you make it a little bit more adult. Like the the last season is definitely like the scariest. Like it feels like a 
more of an adult horror film or has elements of that than the, the, I can the gather prior that three. through and the it, first two. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah, it's not just it's not just good for that reason alone. But although that girl that girl dying kind of freaked me out. Like that was ugh. yeah, it's <laughs> a little a little scary. It's creepy. It, it, there's definitely some creepy parts. It, it's definitely like the the monsters in this season are, are the scariest. And it's been I haven't watched it in probably I guess a year or so, but it was good. I enjoyed it. See, I, now I'm confused because I thought it was just the one monster. So well, I'm still having trouble tying it all together. You, They'll, they'll, you'll get there. Okay. All those loose ends will be wrapped up. Okay. They'll feed you, baby bird. Cool. It's going to be fine. Uh, but download your refreshing rewards app from Thornton's. Reminder, hit that thing up. Use it at the pump every time you need to fuel up the car. Or if you need a, I don't know, a little fizzy freeze, a little 32-ounce fountain drink, a little bagel in the morning, some donuts, whatever you need, Thornton's has you covered, and they're going to give you the best deals by downloading that refreshing rewards app. Do all that stuff and then text us at 502-414-1450. So after... You, after work, did you just crash last night? Did you have more work to do? How was the Thursday night for Scoots? What did I do? No, I went home. Kentucky played at eight thirty. I don't. Oh, that's right. It was, yeah, yeah. It was I didn't. Game. I didn't really do much. I did a fantasy football draft last night. The ones on DraftKings. I don't know if you've got into them yet. The the best ball tournaments. No. Where you basically you just draft your whole team, and DraftKings will just automatically put the highest scores in your lineup. So it's literally you have no maintenance in your lineup at all. You just draft your team. So I did that last night. I like that. That's a good idea. Uh, I had a couple brews, maybe a couple too many, because oh, yeah, I don't, I don't. The, the rest of the night's a little hazy, so I, I don't recall doing anything big and special. God, getting hazy on a Thursday night. It's pretty boring. I'm jealous. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Typical night for Scoots. It sounds great. <laughs> we, we struggled to get our kids down and then watched an episode of Ted Lasso. That was that, that, that was it. Enjoyed leftover Simply Tide. Well, when you do that tonight, just chug two beers and you'll go to bed with a nice little buzz. That's all you need. Hell, for me, I, I, I need like half a beer. Half? And it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to ruin my entire weekend. That's okay, though. Um, we've got to, uh, other things that I want to get to today. This Tennessee football ruling, it's made me mad. I've expressed my my anger online. Reading through the the ruling, reading through the violations, has made me even more mad. The NCA sucks. We all know this is, isn't exactly uncharted water, but let us rage for a little bit. Let, let us get angry about this. We'll do that. It's going to be fun, and uh, yeah, it's going to be primarily. It's going to be pretty much the show, and then we will talk about the Reds a little bit. Sorry if you don't want that to happen. Scoots, now you are an Indiana fan who does who, who produces a Kentucky show. You're involved in the shows. You, mm-hmm. you talk, you give opinions and all this stuff. So you, you know, you're watching the game while we had Keith in here on Wednesday. You're doing your homework, unlike some other producers I know. Mm-hmm. It sounded to me, and I, I saw a couple of the highlights, but I didn't watch any of the extended game. It sounded like I should be unhappy with how well Kentucky played last night against the, the Canadians. So I'm going to be of no assistance here. Oh, so you didn't watch the game? Due to the tape delay, yeah, I was not staying up till midnight. I did have a couple streams that I could have tuned into, but I just, I, yeah, I didn't want to really do all that. Oh, I'm, I remember what I did last night, Here right? we go. That's why I didn't watch Kentucky. I watched Quarterbacks on Netflix. I watched the first couple episodes of that. That's what I was doing. I do want to know your thoughts on that. Oh, it was great. Okay. I, I really love it. It's gotten it. some kind of crap reviews. It, no, it's, people it, are saying it's too, like, I don't know. Disney fied or it's made it me feel even worse for Marcus Mariota than I already did. 
Um, it's made me really, really like Kirk Cousins. He he comes off as a very likable guy. I've heard that too. Very normal. He's got the kids at home, and then Patrick Mahomes just seeing his competitive fire from behind the scenes standpoint is just awesome. And his wife's the same way. So yeah, it makes it a lot of fun. I, I really I've really enjoyed those first two episodes, and it it kind of gives you an insight to. You know, hey, these are millionaire football players. They're making $40, 50000000 million a year. But they are, at the end of the day, they're just humans, just they're like just you people. and I. You know, I mean, we're all just people just because they've got all that money. But it's easy to see and relate to them in that show. Well, so. that's good. So, I've heard that it's kind of – they get a kind edit. It's sort of they feel like the show is kind of designed to make them look good, to do that, like to, to humanize them. It didn't didn't really? make Patrick Mahomes look great okay. in the first two episodes. Yeah, he had a couple instances where he was just like going after him and Max Crosby hit helmets at one point, were exchanging words. And yeah, I didn't think it made made him look all that great, but I, I could see it being a kind edit. So yeah. why do you feel bad for Mariota? Just all the things he's dealt with. I mean, he he went to – so he's had a tough career, and then he goes to the Falcons and thinks it's like a new, fresh start. And from what I watched last night, they started, I want to say, 0-3, and he just couldn't ever gel with this team, at least in the first three episodes. So maybe my opinion's changed on Mariota as this thing goes along, but he's just kind of been one of those guys I feel like – he had so much hype in college, you know, winning the Heisman mm-hmm. and – People thought he was just going to be this great next thing, and he hasn't really panned out. I mean, to get replaced by Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, yeesh. Yeah, I have seen some Titans fans that have been like, watching this series just makes me mad at him all over again. He lost us this oh, game really? single-handedly and yeah. all this stuff. I can I, see that. Yeah, I, again, I haven't seen the series, so it is what it is. But I, I'm, I'm going to watch it at yeah, some point. check it out. It's I'm fun. a sucker for all those things. It's fun. I'll watch. They can produce... A million of these sports docs that mm-hmm. are on Netflix or whatever streaming service. I'm going to eat them all up. So what what are we missing now? I guess just baseball, hockey, and NBA? I mean, they got it for everything else, I feel like. Yeah. I, I think that they... Which one of those three would you watch the most? Baseball, I feel like, has the best characters. Like, it has the best... Because like, there's so much downtime and there's yeah. so much ritual. Like, NHL would be interesting because I feel like I know the least about what that like lifestyle, lifestyle is like. Lifestyle would be, yeah. Um. NBA, you'd have the most scandalous stuff, sure. but, but also how many of those players are going to let you see that stuff? Yeah. I mean, you think like if you're a teammate of LeBron, is LeBron going to let the cameras come to like where they go after the game? Like, of course not. It's just not going to happen. It would be so heavily edited. I think that the what they've been trying to capitalize on is especially these niche sports, and it's all because of the success of the Formula One show. Mm-hmm. You had the sport that people were aware existed. Yeah, they've had what five seasons now. Yeah, and people like they knew it existed but maybe didn't know how big of a deal it was and didn't know about any of the intricacies or the inner workings and got really into it. And so you could tell they, they've tried to do the same thing with with golf and tennis. I mean, as somebody who I follow tennis and golf pretty consistently, mm-hmm. you can see how the diehard Formula One fans would get a little annoyed at the Formula One show because every single episode of the golf show, they reiterate what the cut is. I'm like, wait, wait, we know. Like, you know, they're like, and the thing about this about this sport is, if not in the top half after two rounds, you get. I'm like they've explained this the last six times. Or here's you know, what a birdie is. Yeah, they they pretty much do that, and or they explain the scoring in, in tennis a lot, and you know how the tour works. And I'm like, yeah, we we, we kind of know it, but I still eat up the stories because it is cool to see the behind the scenes stuff. But they've they've tried to. Ca- I feel like apparently the golf show did pretty good ratings. The tennis show was a little bit of a disappointment, and you can see why. Like the the first episode with Curios, he's such a 
he's such a character. Well, their second half just came out for Breakpoint. Right. The 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 the, the first like episodes that they released. Well, and Kyrios is he's painted way in a way different light in his next featured episode in part two. Oh, is he? I haven't seen it. Yeah. So he's he's much more likable in that second episode. I thought he still in. came off as kind of like, like he yeah. was very much he was very self aware, which I appreciated. I, I thought that it reminded me of the the Brooks Kepka episode from the Golf Show, where you're like, I, I don't feel terrible for him because he's still a millionaire, but there are parts of this that I do I, I feel somewhat sympathetic. I know you said you didn't feel sympathetic towards him, but <laughs> there were parts where I was like, yeah, I mean. I, I appreciate his honesty and his his forthcomingness, and I felt the same way with with Curios. The thing I think with the other episodes was they focused on guys that were just a little bit, you know, they were kind of boring. Mm-hmm. The, the the other players that they focused on a break point because tennis is so driven, at least at that point, by the big three, and now um, it's kind of the the big one, which we will get number one versus number two in the Wimbledon men's final this weekend. We will Alcaraz versus Djokovic should be it's what everyone wanted. It's what I want. I want. I want to see Djokovic just lose. So that's, Same. That's that's me. Uh, I'll root for Carlos. Let's get it done. But yeah, all those sports shows, I love them. I'll eat them up. Um, but I would like to see if I could pick one sport, baseball, hockey. I mean, hell, any of them. I'd, I'd, I'd watch. College basketball would be great. Yeah, college basketball. Yeah, it'd be awesome. The closest they've gotten was I mentioned the Showtime show. They, did, they had a show called The Season, and it was primarily college football. They would follow one team along for the entire season with a new episode every week. They did one year on Notre Dame. They did one year on, I want to say, Navy. They did a year with Florida State. It was actually the year where they came here and got blitzed by us with Lamar Jackson. And Jimbo kicked the cameras off the sidelines, which was great. But then they did one season of basketball, and it was Gonzaga. And it was actually really good. The only thing that drove me crazy about it was they didn't follow. It was the year that Gonzaga, like they had to win the West Coast Conference Tournament to – to, to get into the NCAA tournament, like they were kind of down a little bit. They had um, Shemek Karnowski and, and the other, the, the big Sabonis was on the team. They, just, they weren't as good as they were supposed to be. And they ended up making a run to the Elite Eight and they didn't follow the Elite Eight run at all. Like after they won the, the, the West Coast Conference tournament, the show just stopped. I was like, well, this kind of sucks. Sort of defeats the purpose. But the show was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm seeing all these Reds trade rumors now. And I can't, all, all it took was one tweet about, the Reds potentially looking at two of the White Sox pitchers for me to just dive down a, a, a complete rabbit hole of possibilities. I'm like, who? I we saw Giolito. Who's the other? Giolito, Lance Lynn. Ugh. Who's? I know. I think he's passed. Get his him second out prime. of here. Yeah. I mean, if we're giving out anything besides like a one top fifty prospect for for either of those guys, Giolito, I'd take Giolito. Giolito, I would take. Plus, he's a fat pitcher who, I, which I like. <laughs> we have fat pitchers do well in Cincinnati. We need to go ahead and bring him back. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all. I'm all twisting myself around. I want, I want to see how these first couple of weeks go after the break, and then that's when I feel like we need to decide what type of move we need to make or if we need to make any sort of type of move. Oh, we definitely need to make a move. I think so, too. Uh, we've got the, the Least Cool Person tournament has been going on over at Car Chronicle as well. The first two, we have, we have two winners, two semifinalists. We can discuss that. Uh, and then we have another media member making their prognostication for Louisville football. This time it's Alexis Kubit from the Courier-Journal. We'll uh, go over what she had to say. A- again, like the usually when you get closer and closer to the season starting, you see some bolder prognostications. You see some people who are like, I think they're going to go 11 and 1. And maybe that'll happen with the fan base. Maybe it'll happen with me. Maybe I'll. I do fall victim to that trap. I don't know if you do this. As, well, you probably don't do it as an Indiana football fan, but I always, I'll, I'll go into the offseason with a, a, a number in my head. I think this is going to be the record. I think this is going to be the record. And then we get to August 
and invariably that win total goes up by one. I'm like, yeah, that can get to nine and three. I think so. So I've been thinking eight and four this entire offseason. I'm very curious to see if when the calendar flips to August, when we get closer and people start talking more, if I'm like, yeah. Nine and three. No, I definitely do that. I start out about two and ten, and then by the time the season rolls around, maybe we can go four and eight. They can get to three maybe, or four. Maybe. They can get to three or four. Right, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll dive into some of these sports topics. We'll talk about the U of L women's. Here's some Jeff Wall's comments from yesterday, and then we'll talk about these predictions for the Louisville football season and take some texts from you guys as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Friday to you here on 1450 The Big X. Back to Trevor. Very obvious. Trevor will be back on Monday. Assuming he's not arrested at some point. This song make you think of anything? Any movie? Um. Yes. What movie is it though? Identity Thief. Ah, oh, that's not. What I was Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy. I've seen the movie. It's not what I was thinking though. That's every time I hear that song. She sings the song in the in the car to him. He hates it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just got a. I'm just looking at my, my DMs. A writer from the Arizona State Devil's Digest wants me to give him an unfiltered scouting report on Kamari Lands, which I... Wait, where's he at? Arizona State. Oh, okay. He's going to... One thing that I, I've learned to hate with old age in, in sports internet writing is when people do this, usually it's around draft time. They, wa- they want you to, hey, will you write like a scouting report for so-and-so player that we can post on our site. I'm doing free work for you. Like, like no. Like the, Back in the day, I was like, yeah, I was happy to have my name attached to it. But like, I'm like, oh, you want me to do your job? 1,200 words of work for no pay and just, you know, we'll link back to yourself. I'm like, I don't need the link. Like, stop. You know what you should do next time? Somebody reaches out like that, you should just email them back. Just or punch them. No, just send them a link to every Louisville game this season. Be like, there you go. Figure out your scouting report, pal. It just, yeah, it just, it, it just yeah, that's ridiculous. It kind of drives me crazy. Now, if you do the thing where, like, like we'll do a a Q and A with the the rival site, like before we play Syracuse, we'll go to Troy News. Is, is an absolute magician, and they'll send us questions. We'll send them questions. Like that's that's dual work. Like we're getting yeah. something out of the deal. You're getting something out of the deal. But the whole like, hey, write it. We just drafted so and so. Could you, would you care to write a quick scouting report or answer these questions? I'm like, no, I'm not, not going to do that. I, that kind of happens to me in uh, football a lot when I'm doing like play-by-play. I'll oh, have, I'm sure. I'll have other like stations or whatever come up to me. Hey, you got the starting lineups? Yeah, but I mean, I kind of <laughs> did the work. Fun. Here you go. You can just have the starting lineups. It's fine. Yeah, I usually, I used to give in all the time. But like now if it's like, if it's an email ask, I'm like, and I don't have to see that. I'm like, yeah, no, no, it's not happening. No, yeah. It's not. I'm not responding. Kamari Lands, you can look up the stats. <laughs> Good skills, couldn't make a shot last year. What do you want me to say? Or if I'm just like, he sucks. We, we won four games, sir. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, we'll start with this. He wasn't great because the team won four games. If he was, we would have won more than four games. That's my short synopsis right there. Uh, welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show, Friday edition here on 1450 and 961. 
the big X uh, as we wrap up a week without Trevor Kelsey, which has been I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed hanging out with Scoots. It's been fun. It has been fun. I had uh, Keith coming in on Wednesday. It was, was fun as well. He said it was the most fun he's had doing radio. I was saying last night, it's when you're here for nine hours a day, three hours, a three-hour show is quick. I mean, I was I was worried about the whole three-hour thing, but mm-hmm. when, that, when that's only a third of my day, it goes really fast. It's a good way to look at it. Because yeah. I, I feel like if I had ever, because I, when I started doing radio, on a, it was a weekly basis, and it was a, I think it was a two-hour show. It was at most, it was one. Hour. At the least, it was one hour. I think it was two hours. But when I started doing three, it felt so interminable because I, the only thing I knew was was two hours or an hour here doing a podcast spot. And now that I've only done three hours, you, you, you sit down, you're like, hey, it's just you're, you're talking. I mean, mm-hmm. every day I'm like, how am I gonna fill three hours? Like, well, you know, you just when you get into the flow, you just kind of you realize, yeah, it's fun. And then the text line helps out a lot, of course. Oh yeah. So it's always a, it, it's always fun. Let's talk about uh, Alexis Cubit from the Courier Journal. I initially attributed her projections to Brooks Holton. I was quickly corrected from the Courier Journal, but uh, it's projection season. We're officially there. We're getting people that are going over, not just I think they could win this amount of games. They're saying here's who I think they're going to beat. Here's who I think they're going to lose to, and you can add Alexis Cubit to the group of prognosticators who believe that Louisville will go eight and four this season, which I think is the. Every year, there's kind of a there's a a record that's the most common that you'll see where I think it's sort of like the baseline. I feel like eight and four is the baseline for Louisville this year. Seven and five is where I thought it was a year ago, but I think you'll see. I think if you're if you're nine and three or greater, you're kind of on, on an optimistic tilt. If you're seven and five or worse, you're sort of on a pessimistic tilt. Eight and four, which is where I am, is kind of I think right where the average fan is with this team. I feel like that's not a Louisville-centric thing. I feel like eight and four is a pretty common prediction, for sure. And I mean, you look at the Vegas over/unders. The fact that you've got it's either seven and a half or eight, depending on what book you look at, would seem to indicate that the most likely result for this season, according to the people who make money off of this, is an eight and four run. Now she goes game by game. She does have she's, she has Louisville the four losses. In case you're wondering, Notre Dame at Pitt at home versus Duke. And then at Miami in the penultimate game of the regular season, which means Louisville would beat Kentucky to end its regular season and snap a four-game losing streak. I think that this, when we talk about who you beat matters in terms of fan satisfaction, I think this is exactly what you're talking about. Eight and four with a win over Kentucky, which again means more than even it did back in the day because it's the last game of the regular season. It's the game that's the freshest in your mind when you're getting ready for bowl games and, and all that stuff. And sometimes it even, I think, lingers longer than the actual bowl game, especially recently because we've been losing by like 45 points. But if you go 8-4 and four with a win over Kentucky, I think that the fan base would be far more satisfied with that than 8-4 and four with a loss to Kentucky and a loss to Notre Dame and really not a gigantic win to hang your hat on. If it's Because that would feel more like a Satterfield season where it's like you know, you you – you met expectations, you did well enough, but you kind of beat who you were supposed to beat and you kind of lost to who you were supposed to lose to and there wasn't really any moment where we were able to get overly excited and lose ourselves in the moment and storm the field and all that stuff. I think that that would be, I don't, I don't want to say it would be a disappointment, but it would be more of a vanilla 8-4. and four. If you beat Kentucky, 
I don't want to put. I don't want to do the thing that we used to always accuse Kentucky fans of doing, which is making this like the biggest thing in the world. But it does change when you've lost four in a row to them. They have become the better program, and let's just call a spade a spade. They have become the better program in the last four or five years, and they have taken. They haven't just beaten you. They have whooped your ass every time that you've played since Lamar Jackson left. It does heighten the importance of beating them, and and it would be as much of a symbolic victory as it would be anything else. I don't think beating Kentucky and going from eight and four or going to eight and four, as opposed to seven and five is going to get you in a, a different tier for a bowl game. You're probably playing in the same type of bowl game that you would be if you lost that game, but symbolically for the fan base, it would very much be a turning of the page. That chapter of us losing to these guys every year, it's done. We're going to become the dominant force in the state. Again, we're already getting it done in, in, in recruiting locally in a way that we haven't been for the last six, seven years. Let's go. Better days are ahead. And I think they would carry that momentum into the bowl season and 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 past. And I think that would be this would be deemed a good season. Whereas if you lost that game, especially if you lost to Miami the week before, it would be deemed as sort of a eh, whatever. Would you be okay with that though if they came at an expense of losing that against Duke at home? Yes. I mean, that's that's borderline unacceptable. Well, Duke, I mean, Duke may be the toughest ACC team we played this year. Are they, have they gotten better? They had a good year last year. They, I know they, they were okay last year. They overachieved. They're anywhere between like four, five, and six, and seven in, in most of these ACC rankings. And you know, Louisville, Louisville avoids the top three in this league. They, they avoid Clemson, Florida State in some order. It's probably going to be FSU one, Clemson two. North Carolina will likely be three. My guess is Louisville's going to be number four in the preseason ACC media poll. If they're not four, they'll be right behind there at five. Duke is going to be in that same area. I think that you could say, look, Pitt's a team that's had our number. They've been good recently. They seem to have restocked a little bit. You play them on the road, which is a place, you know, it's, it's not a tough environment playing it at Heinz Field or whatever the hell they call it now, but it's somewhere we just have not had much success over the years, especially since we moved to the ACC. That's a game that you circle and just say, it's, it's going to be tough. Duke, you feel like you should beat, but that's not a terrible team. It, it, it's a you know, they're, they're supposed to be pretty good. The weird thing with the schedule, and I feel like you and I talked about it earlier in the week, is you typically in the ACC know Clemson's going to be good, and then there's a, a team right below them that you you know feel like is going to be pretty good. This year, it's Florida State, who's actually might be above them, but you feel like those two teams are going to be a step above everybody else. Outside of that, like it. The rest of the league is so just slightly above average. We think that you know, Duke might be this good. They could go three and nine. We think that Virginia is going to be whatever. They could go nine and three. You just you have no idea, and it's why I think I'm probably more nervous about the season opener than a lot of people are. Just because look, we did this a year ago where it was like, well, we'll, we'll beat Syracuse. Don't worry about it. How badly are we going to beat them? How much momentum are we going to have going into week two? And then Syracuse beats you 31-7. to seven. Uh, It's a road game. They played much better under their new head coach, so much better that, that he got the full-time job as opposed to just being uh, a guy who was a, a stopgap until they could go hire a bigger name. Like They're going to be... You know, they're going to try to win that game too. It's a it's a big deal for them to be playing on national TV in their own backyard. With uh, you would think, hopefully for them, a solid turnout of their fan base. So you just you just don't know looking at the schedule. The ACC is always like the the bottom is always at least decent. The middle is not as strong as as most of the other power conferences. But Louisville's kind of in that middle right now. So it's uh, it's it's tough to really forecast. Like this 
Like last year, I think we got Trevor and I both picked seven and five, and we're woefully wrong about how we got there. Like, like just you know, just the ACC. We, we thought we'd kill Syracuse. We thought we'd lose. I think to um, there was one game that I circled that I was like, well, definitely this for whatever reason is a huge trap. I think we we beat whoever it was by forty. Like it just you know you, you just you you don't know. But Alexis Kubit says, as uh, in her little summary says, given its opponents and talent up and down its roster. Louisville shouldn't have a problem reaching bowl eligibility for the third straight season and the eight-win mark for the first time since 2018. That's kind of sobering. There will be a natural learn. I think that she means 2019 because we won eight games in Satterfield's first season. There will be a natural learning curve with a new coaching staff, but having the toughest stretch of the season at NC State, Notre Dame, at Pitt, and Duke midway through the year gives the Cardinals time to adjust and get comfortable. All right. I'll buy that. I'm fine with that. I've not seen, unfortunately for you, anybody predicting that Louisville's going to lose to Indiana. Oh, they're because they're not. Zero percent chance. I like your confidence. Uh, 502-414-1450. We're going to go ahead and, and go to the Thornton's text line here for a second. Texture says, I like the podcast listeners getting in here. I'm listening to the podcast from yesterday right now. The guy that used to get booed at UofL games for looking like John Calipari is my next door neighbor. He <laughs> looks less like Calipari now, but he's still a diehard UofL fan. Yeah, we, somebody brought up this guy. It was because we were talking about Kevin Harned, the trend that Louisville fans had where they would just they would boo him every time he got shown on the big screen because he made one error uh, acknowledging UK fans during a UK game. And somebody brought up the fact that they used to on the Jumbotron continually show this guy who looked just like John Calipari and the fan base always booed him. And it, like I said yesterday, Louisville's such a small, big city. When this happened, there were like 75 people that reached out to me. They're like, I know this guy. I know this guy. And, and here we go again. It's it's somebody's neighbor. He hasn't been on there in a while. I'm sure he probably does look less like John Calipari. But What, he quit going to the games? He did, he just had enough? They may have just stopped showing him. I mean, he was you know, if he moves seats or something, he's, he's hard to locate. <laughs> it's a big stadium now. Texas says, Mike, I love Dan. But the next podcast, can you make sure that he doesn't refer to Columbus as Seabus? My God, my man got promoted to the Admiral of the Douche Canoe with that comment, though he totally redeemed himself with the Dan and the Dumbs. He does. He says Seabus pretty often, actually. I'm, it's, it's not that much shorter than Columbus. Well, he lives there. He calls it. He refers. To, he actually lives in Dublin, but he calls it Seabus all the time. His Dan and the Dumb story. I won't spoil it because the podcast just came out today. We do a segment. Danny has this thing. He always has. Ever since I've known him since we were twelve years old. And he just, he has the most random, weird little things go wrong in his life. He always has. And he's, he, 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 he's not dumb, but in, in a lot of other ways, he is dumb. He just, he, he find he does stupid things in public. He's just kind of things, trouble seems to find him. And so we do this segment where it's, it's Dan the dumps and it's the latest story of something that has gone wrong in his life. Just like a little hiccup, something dumb and fun. And the latest one today was, uh was very good. He makes a he makes a social faux pas while hanging out with a parents that he, that he and his wife are becoming friends with and it's 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 very good. The cuz I had an idea for a pod, like years ago when podcasts were first taking off. I was like there's certain podcasts that are only like 2 minutes long. It's like a happy thought a day or like a happy fact a day and people eat this bleep up. Do they? I'm like if you just told one simple story about like you know 
the time when you were riding your bike home from from the Memorial Golf Tournament in Columbus and it started raining and a car hit a squirrel so much that it flipped up in the air and you ran over it with the bike. Like that's that's a two minute episode. People love it. It's easy to digest. They can move on to the next one. Like they'll eat it up. I was like, this is a million dollar idea. We turned it into our podcast, the end of our podcast, and it's people seem to enjoy it. Maybe I'll just start like a ninety second podcast. What would be yours? Because when I have bad stuff happen to me, every every now and then I'll chime in with a "It's Mike in the Mud." Ooh, <laughs> great question. Um, scoots in the sewer. Stickiness for scoots. <laughs> sticky scoots is sticky situation. Yeah, there you go. There, oh, that's even better. S cubed. <laughs> Triple S. <laughs> Texas says, Mike. I listened to yesterday's show today. And I wanted to offer you to be on the team with me and another listener for the Big X Golf Scramble. You can pick the fourth player. Well, now I think Big X, I've been picked up by the Big X team. If you want to be on our team, you're on our team. I'll be on whoever's team. I'll go to the highest bidder. Well, we're not going to be a bidder. <laughs> we won't be a bidder, so. I'll go to whoever will take. <laughs> Texas says, I'm glad I got to win tickets for the game on Wednesday against the Riverhounds. Lynn Family Stadium was fantastic. My only complaint was that the river stunk. And didn't fade till 20 minutes into the game. Other than that, it was a great time. Look, we can't control the river here. The river stunk? I guess it stunk. How can you smell the river from the state? I've been to that stadium dozens of times, and I've never smelled the river. We all know the Big X is powerful. We can't control the smell of the river. We can't. I'm sorry about that. We used to play, I, I will say, we used to play a couple of, of years in baseball. I think it was my my sophomore season and my senior season. We played our games at Thurman Hutchins Park, down by the river. We called it the van because there were <laughs> there were no seats, and it was down by the river. How convenient. Yeah, because, so we, we refer to it as the van. They, they spruced it up recently, and now Trinity has its own field at St. Matthews, and it's like a million-dollar ballpark. But you could, every now and then, you could smell the river for sure. There were games where you would go there. It also sucked pitching there because the wind was more, and it would like – the wind was not only blowing out towards the field, it was blowing so much that I feel like I lost like three or four miles an hour in my fastball. Like it was just, it was, it was not a good, it was not a pitcher's park. Man, I uh, I was golfing at a golf course the other day. I won't shout them out because they're not on, they're okay. not a part of Big X. Good for you. But uh, there was, they had this pond right by one of the greens, and I'm a big pond guy. I always like to walk close to them, see if I can see any balls or any turtles poking their heads out or whatever. Hmm. And uh, there was like probably forty just small dead fish on the edge of this pond and it was the grossest smelling thing I've ever oh. smelled. It was it, it was a big turnoff. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'll go back there. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, that's enough for me. Texas, I've got current thoughts. Okay. How do you explain the large exhale or sigh at the beginning of the CC podcast today? I can stop right there. That's Because Danny, <sighs> he does it every single time. Like when I say, let's do it. I don't think he realizes that I'm pressing the button and I'm hitting record. And Danny, like, <laughs> he said something actually when the, the countdown on the little app that we use started. And I thought that was going to pick that up. And I don't have the time to go in and like edit the, the, the sites that you have to use to cut audio, which I've had to do a few times when we've gotten disconnected or, or something. They, they, they suck. The free ones, they're terrible. And the ones that you have to pay for, I'm like, I'm not paying 49 bucks so I can splice together two pieces of audio for one podcast. But so it would have taken me way too much time to just go in there and edit it to cut out the first three seconds. But yeah, the, the podcast starts and it's Danny like right at the very beginning, be like, <laughs> like, like right into the mic. <laughs> I was like, damn it, I don't want to start over. Uh, his second question: Did the dog biscuit gummy have at least the texture of a gummy to confuse Danny? That's given away his a big part of his Dan the Dump story. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer to your question, but I had the same thought. And then three, he said, very disappointing that TK was gone for an entire week and you didn't have Sean Moth on. Damn it, Mike. I know. What were you thinking? Sean's got a Sean's got like a new gig now that keeps he's like in an office until so he used to just always be able to because he would do voice work and he was kind of working from home he used to always be able to come in whenever I, I like wanted him to co-host the show and do three hours he got to give the people what they want I know but like now he can't come in he's he's in an office until five o'clock so we 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 couldn't get him now he did text into the show a couple of times and give some information he was mad that I did an impression of him throwing it to J-Bone yesterday when we were making fun of J-Bone. We was like, let's throw it down to J-Bone. He was like, I've never sounded like that. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't realize that I was doing an impression of you, I guess, when I talked about that. But yeah, we have not had Sean on when, when TK has been gone because Sean's got a, he's got a new gig. He's killing it. He's out there making plays. Texas Trevor would have loved the podcast today. Not only were gummies the theme of the show, but Dan also said that he would like to throw Trevor off of a building and proceeded to simulate the increasingly quiet sound of Trevor screaming while falling towards his demise. That did happen on the podcast as well. Wow, that was a happening podcast today. We took listener questions, and one of the listener questions was if, if Danny and Trevor were hanging from a building and you could only save one, you know, who would you... Who would you save? And like, you can't say I would save both. And the the easy answer there is Danny weighs like one fourth of what Trevor does. So like that, <laughs> I, I could definitely pull Danny in there. So he's a hundo. And also Danny's like, I mean, I've known Danny for my entire life. He's like one of my best friends. I love Trevor. He's a very good friend as well. But I would have I've known Danny for way longer. I, I'm sure Trevor has better <laughs> friends than me that he would save over me. So like, yeah, when I when I said that, Danny was like, "Sorry, Trevor," but uh, and it did, did kind of mimic his, his falling, which made me chuckle. Uh, but yeah, we did have gummies did come up multiple times. I told the story, and I it's illegal, but I'll, I can tell it now. If you want to arrest me six years after the fact, come get me. Try. I was flying back from Denver one time, and if you've ever tried to fly back with Take it easy, Brittany Griner. Yeah, 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 I know. Well, it's just, I wouldn't have tried it in Russia, but Denver, we did our research. I, I actually had, had done this before. So all you do is like you, you put the gummies in with like a some candy, right? They, they fit in. And even if you do get caught, they just make you throw it away yeah. is, is what I've been told. So the last time I went, I, I brought some back and a bag of candy. And sure enough, the lady stops. My bag gets flagged. She takes it out. She pulls out the bag of candy. And she's like, what's this? And I'm like, it's candy. And she could not have cared less. Just put it back in. They were like, were you nervous? Did your heart stop? I was like, no. I was like, I was like they've got way bigger issues. They're, they're looking for way right. bigger things than somebody bringing back like five gummies from a, a trip to Denver. It was fine. But uh, yeah, I, was, I, I broke the law. Admittedly. Hand up. Texture says the silo on Apple TV... And under the banner of heaven on Hulu. Oh, these are suggestions. Does anybody else have huge issues with Apple TV Plus? I don't watch it a whole lot. I have it, but I don't. That's not one of those things I normally get on. It's so. I mean, we do have. We're in a weird spot where, for whatever reason, our house has internet issues, and they they told us when we moved in, like you're kind of in like a black hole for. For for internet here, do you for live, wireless. Do you live near TJ? He's been having the same issue. Really? Yeah. So like they told us this when we moved in. I'm like, it's. I mean, then even then it was like, I'm like, it's 2014. Like, why why are there black holes for wireless anywhere? Haven't we evolved to the point where we <laughs> should all be able to get good wireless? So our, our internet connection sucks sometimes, but just Apple TV Plus. It's it only happens with this app. When we try to watch anything, it takes forever. 
to start the show for it to buffer. It's always spinning. And then when it does start, it's like five minutes into the show already. And you got to go back and then it freezes again. So we've been watching Ted Lasso. We start Ted Lasso like, like before we start like making our food to sit down and eat dinner because we know it's going to take like 15 minutes to get into it. And I don't know if that's – I Googled it and saw a lot of people having the same problem. I don't know if that's just – you never know with the internet. I don't know if other people – who listen to the show have had the same issue, but it drives me crazy. Were you the one that was telling me you were watching the morning show too? We watched the morning show. Okay. It was good. And that's that because that's on Apple as well, right? And that's when we started watching and we started having issues like right from the beginning when we got a, like a free trial with Apple TV. Gotcha. Play. Yeah, really the only issue I've been having, and and maybe somebody's been dealing with this too and can give me some advice. But anytime I open my Netflix and I'll like go to the previews and I'll start or I'll start a show, say, it'll be in French. Every time, what? and I have to go to the bottom and reset it back to English. I have no idea why it's putting it in French. That's not, yeah, that's and not of course, normal. I don't understand French, so I have no idea what they're saying. Text says the problem with the QB Netflix series is that the players are just so vanilla and boring. Disagree. See, I couldn't heard, disagree more. I've heard that Cousins comes out as Cousins pretty is pretty boring. Oh, is he? He's, he's a pretty boring guy because he seems like kind of a character just watching him. Like, I mean, he has publicly. his he has his moments. In the show where it's like, yeah, Kirk's hype. But no, for the most part, he's he's pretty chill, doesn't doesn't really get real loud. It was neat to see him. He was it was neat to see like he was taught him talking to the coaching staff, like, well, we need to stay after practice one day to differentiate between Halo and did like the sim- symbol above his head and then like whatever the other call was that was really similar. He was like, I want to stay after and we gotta get that down. It's just, it's just neat to see that kind of stuff. I'm with you. I'm definitely going to watch it. Texas, I'm a Titans fan, and Mariota can kick rocks. And let's be <laughs> fair, Mr. Dingus, Tannehill was good in his first two years in Tennessee. Oh, he was? Absolutely. I, I'm a, I'm a Tannehill hater, but I, I've, I've got to give him his credit for sure. I'm surprised Mariota hasn't been better as, as a as an NFL quarterback. Same. Because he's had moments where you've been like, okay. Like, well, and who went to Atlanta? He's not even going to start this year, is no. he? Can't remember who they got. I can't either. Now it's driving me crazy. Falcons starting... QB, yeah, I can't. This is a Trevor thing where I, I can't. Uh, well, Taylor Haneke, the dude from Washington, oh, okay. is he going to start? That's Desmond Ritter's down there too. Oh yeah, he'll get the start. Oh Ritter's Ritter. starting quarterback. Yeah, Ritter for sure. Oh man, go Tigers, go Sanax. Texture says uh, Scoot should play some Rebecca Black today. You know what's funny is Trevor just sent me the music for uh, like 13 minutes before the show. And my theme was going to be all Friday songs. So that, that would have made the cut. Maybe, I'm, you know what? I might scrap Trevor's music after this next one. We'll see. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I hear the same songs all the time. And I guarantee since he did it like five minutes, it's going to be the same songs that I've heard a billion times before already. Texas, Mike, are you going to predict a win against UK? This is a angry guy burner. I recognize it. We know how to track you. Um, I don't know yet. I've not decided. I will do my official predictions the week before the season starts. I'm also going back and forth. Like I've been, I've been of the belief that Louisville's going to beat Notre Dame because Jeff Brom wins that game. All like, he he thrives in those types of games. And Notre Dame, this game is sandwiched between their games against Ohio State, and I think they play like USC or somebody else really good right after they play us. So the environment should be big. But I've also been thinking they're going to lose a game they shouldn't before Notre Dame because that's also kind of what Jeff Brom has done. So. I don't know. I, I I may go against the grain. I feel like the Notre Dame pick has become almost too trendy. Everyone's saying that, like, watch out for Louisville, for for Notre Dame. So I, I, I'm i not sure. And I also have not decided about the U.K. I feel the one game that I feel like I'm going to pick us to lose. I feel like I'm going to pick us to lose at NC State. 
the week before Notre Dame. I just don't feel good about that game. And then I don't feel good about us on the road against Miami. Every time we've played Miami since we since like the first game, I feel like they've just kind of punked us. Like they've been more physical, they've been intimidating, and they've just looked more athletic than we have. And they you know, Miami has one or two games, even in average years, where that talent just just shines and they just beat the absolute bleep out of somebody who's probably just as good, if not a little bit better than they are. And I feel like we've been that team a couple of times. I just don't have a whole lot of confidence with us going down there. I don't, I don't want to play that game. So I feel confident in making those picks. But as far as anybody else, I I may end up picking us to beat Kentucky. I don't know. Maybe it's just the Jeff talking. Who knows? I'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little global jam. U of L women last night uh, take a tough loss to Canada, but Jeff Waltz had some. Still positive things to say afterward. We'll let you hear some of that audio. And, of course, we'll keep it live on the text line, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Friday to you here on 1450 The Big X. song was like in what, 2010 or whatever and she was i mean like 13 14 when it came out so yeah she's she i want to say she like she made news because she got married or something or somebody said she has new music and it's actually not terrible i mean she had to be young because the, she had that line about getting a bowl and cereal well yeah she, she's yeah from the yeah. from the video she's she's very she's 26 years old and she's i will say it, she's very attractive now based now on the, the, the google image searches yeah you go for it but I knew she made more music recently, and I heard that it wasn't terrible. But she's always going to be known as the Friday Girl, which kind of, kind of sucks. Imagine being mm. known. I don't. I don't like that feeling. This this may be a creepy thing to say, but I would take her younger version over now. That's a very creepy thing to say. <laughs> I don't. I don't find she's her. Well, I don't find her very attractive. Now. You don't. No. She's got, she's kind of got that emo look thing going on. I'm I'm not big on that. I don't that. know if you're looking at the wrong pictures or not, but she's she's very pretty. I don't know. I can't do it. The dark hair, the super red lipstick. Just yeah, I'm not a fan. Well, okay. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> just don't say that you would take her for 13 year old self. Let's let's just go. So she's she's 26 now. So she was she was four. This song came out in 2011. So she was 14 then. Yeah, let's, let's let's backtrack a little <laughs> bit there. The, the the lesser known song that came out of that, I don't even know if it's a recording group or whatever it was, but they had the I play it every single year. The Thanksgiving song. It was a different girl, but very much the the beat, the the video is like exactly the same where it's like uh oh, 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 it's Thanksgiving and it's terrible, but it's purposefully terrible. And so I will play it. It drives Mary crazy. She does not like it, but it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's 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 very funny. <laughs> 
All right, this is the the 4 o'clock hour now of the Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here in 1450 The Big X. Uh, I do want to talk about something that's going to make me a little bit mad. So Tennessee football, we knew they were cheating their ass off when Jeremy Pruitt was there. They've gotten caught. He got fired. Uh, He's been hit with a ton of stuff. The NCAA, they released their full findings. This is via three seasons with Pruitt at the helm. And you know it's bad when the typically the, the NCAA PR account will release its findings and they'll have a tweet that says something along the lines of, you know, violations occurred within the Moorhead State women's golf program, blah, 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 blah. They make it a point in their tweet to say hundreds of violations occurred in the Tennessee football program over three seasons. They then put their, their full release, which includes 18 level one violations. This is the highest degree of violation. Don't get confused if you're Trevor Kelsey. Did you, have you ever heard that story about how we spent an entire day talking about the level of violations for Louisville and how they got dropped? This is like when it was like, oh, they only got one level one violation and their two level two violations got pushed to level three and all this stuff. And he, after like an hour and a half of discussion, realized that he thought that like level three was the worst and level one was like the the, the least. I was like... None, uh, it's like if you had that mindset, none of what we've been talking about has made any sort of sense to you. I don't know. It was the the. But was, if you know Trevor's brain, that all makes sense. It was the biggest head scratcher I, I think I've had dealing with Trevor, which is saying something. But level one <laughs> violations are the worst. Those are the most serious. Those get you in the most trouble. So Tennessee had eighteen of those, encompassing more than two hundred individual infractions, most of which involved recruiting rules violations and direct payments to prospects, current student athletes, and their families. Um, an additional four level one unethical conduct violations occurred involving former university employees. The violations resulted in impermissible inducements and benefits totaling approximately $60,000. You know it's more than that. You're paying kids over three years. Tennessee's, Tennessee paid like $2 million from a collective to a high school junior a few years ago. They're, they paid more than 60 Anyway, Tennessee, as a result, Tennessee failed to monitor its football program. Additionally, due to his personal involvement in the violations, the former football head coach violated head responsibility rules. So hundreds of violations, 18 level one violations, not alleged, but confirmed. This is the NCAA findings. This isn't the initial notice of allegations. These are their their findings. Here's the punishment that Tennessee got. No postseason ban. $8 million fine. Five years of probation. 28 scholarships taken away. Tennessee had already self-imposed 16 scholarships taken away. So basically just 12 additional scholarships over the next five years. And that's not 12 each year. It's a total of 12 scholarships less over the next five years. So if it's 28 total, that's spread over five years. Spread over five years. And they've already that's taken bogus. a hit. They've, they've already self-imposed 16 of these. So all they have to do, basically they have three fewer scholarship players than the, they'll have 82 scholarship players as opposed to 85 for the next five years. So why would you not cheat? And then their head coach, Jeremy Pruitt, given a six-year show cause. If, that, if that's your punishment, why would you not cheat? Did this ruling come from the NCAA? This is the NCAA ruling. Why, so why does the IARP not deal with football? Well, because you have to choose to go to the IARP. You, I mean, why would anyone choose to go to them? If the NCAA is going to give a Mickey Mouse punishment like this, why would you not go to the NCAA? Well, one, the IRP doesn't exist anymore. It's the, oh, it's gone? The, the, well, when it's done with the six cases that it's dealing with, 
the, the workload was too extreme for them. Six cases over the course of four years was just too much. They had to stop. Like two years ago, they were like, once we get done with these, we're disbanding. It's ridiculous. And the IRP has basically been like, we're not going to punish anybody. This is stupid. This happened like 15 years ago. Let's, let's move on. The NCAA, schools had to choose to go away from the NCAA. The whole reason with the IRP was if a school felt like they – it was personal between them and the NCA, and they, so much so that they weren't going to get a fair ruling. They could elect to go to this independent mm-hmm. group of people, and they could hand in a ruling. And the, the only problem was it's final, no appeal process, whatever. So Tennessee chose not to, and clearly they, they made the right decision here with football. They go to the NCA, they get nothing. The NCAA, I, I think, is hesitant to hand out postseason punishments in football because they don't really have any part in college football's postseason which I think is still something that people don't really understand. Like they've got the, the, the college football playoff. There's a reason why they call it the college football playoff championship. It's not technically an NCAA championship. College football runs its own postseason. They handle all this. They get all the money. The NCAA makes a billion dollars off the men's tournament, which is why they stress March Madness so much. That's their, it produces, I think, like 87 or 88% of their revenue for an entire year. But they don't get any money off of the college football. So they are... I think they typically try to stay away from postseason bans in college football, but the lack of a vacation of records, and I know Tennessee wasn't exactly great when Jeremy Pruitt was there, so it's not a big deal, but there's no no taking away wins, no going back and taking away scholarships. And let me just say, like, I'm in favor of this. I'm in favor of more harsh financial punishments. I think the postseason ban is, is ridiculous. I think the vacation of records is the most ridiculous punishment in all of sports. It happened. We watched it. You can't change it now. It's very, very dumb. But if you're going to just destroy Louisville's program, and this is, look, it's a Louisville show. I'm coming from a Louisville focal point. For initially four level one violations, four, and, and the, the the fourth of those wound up being kind of scraped because it involved a coach just not giving his, it was not even a coach, it was a support staff member who wouldn't turn his cell phone over. That was it. Like that, It wasn't part of the actual paying the, the strippers or Rick Pitino failure to monitor or anything like that. It was like, hey, this guy wouldn't give us his phone. If that was justification for taking away a national championship for the first time ever in a major sport, and this is like, yeah, not much. I just don't – the lack of consistency has driven me crazy forever. And I don't know if it's because we're not in the SEC or we're not North Carolina or we're not Notre Dame – or because we worked with the NCAA as opposed to fighting them tooth and nail, which every other school since us has done. But it drives me absolutely mad. And I I will say for the millionth time, I'm not mad because Louisville got punished. Louisville deserved punishment. It was, the whole thing was was very gross. There's no question about it. Having recruits and saying, you know, do you want to go away with this woman is, is disgusting. Louisville deserved to get punished for this. But to take a banner down for something that gave you no competitive advantage. I just, I, I for the life of me, I will never understand. And I know that we're easy fodder for targets. I know people can say, well, stripper, stripper, strippers. If you want to give us a hefty financial punishment, sure. If you wanted to hit the coaches with show calls penalties, which they did, sure. If you even wanted to give us a postseason ban for a year, sure. But... What part of what transpired between 2011 and 2014 gave Louisville a competitive advantage that allowed them to win a national title in 2013? Nothing. The fact of the matter is, 
nobody came to Louisville because of what was transpiring. And you, can, I know it's because I read the book. Katina Powell doesn't even allege. Louisville got no players because of this. The, play, the recruits who were involved in this all went elsewhere. The players who were involved in this were already signed with Louisville or already current players with Louisville. I think the only recruit that, uh, that gets mentioned in the book is Terry Rozier, who was already signed to Louisville, had never, had never met these women before he was already signed. Montrez Harrell is mentioned. He didn't even take a visit to Louisville before signing. Nobody came here because they had such a great time on a recruiting trip. I've got to sign here. I've got to see more of Katina Powell and these ladies. Nothing. If you take Katina Powell out of the equation, take her daughters out of the equation entirely, take all these girls out of the equation entirely, nothing changes with Louisville basketball during that, that three- or four-year run. With that being the case, it seems ridiculous for me, to, to me, to take down what was earned on the floor because of some gross stuff that happened off the floor. You can't, you can't punish morality in that respect. You can punish morality and say, we, we, you know, this is a terrible look for us. We can't let you get away with this scot-free. We've got to destroy you by giving you a financial punishment, taking scholarships away, making sure you clean house, doing all this stuff. But to take away something that was earned that really had nothing to do with what took place is where I just don't understand. And you may say, like, to some people I, I get, I talk to people that are, are like, oh, that's the... It's the easiest punishment in the book. It doesn't affect your future. You can't change the past. You can watch the game on YouTube. You can still see the records out there. They just have asterisks by them. They don't really understand the fact that like we hear about this constantly. Like, I mean, I'm hearing about it today. People are like, well, you had, you had hookers. You deserve to have a title taken down. Anytime something about 2013 gets mentioned, somebody's going to make the, the low-hanging fruit joke. And I get it, but it's annoying. And it, I, I feel more for the players than I do for the, the fans. The, the players are the ones who earn this. The players are the ones who deserve those lifelong memories. And the players are the ones who still hear about it on a I mean, weekly basis. It's all just frustrating to me to see punishments like this not handed out. And then to see what Louisville was hit with for, again, almost one-fifth of the level one charges that Tennessee got. Now, you know these players, or at least a lot of them. I don't know any of them. But I imagine... All the players that were on that team are still saying to this day, if if it gets brought up in conversation that they played college basketball, they're going to bring up, yeah, we won the national championship in 2013. Oh, sure. Just because they took the banner down doesn't mean that that's leaving those guys' memories. You know? As they should. Yeah. The the weird thing about because you because I I do know a handful of guys from that team on a pretty personal basis, and you'd think that you would get to it, and obviously I wouldn't say it if this were the case. But you think that like some of them would be like, yeah, if this if this were this full blown operation where and Andre McGee was or and everybody knew it was going, it was hush hush. To a man, they've all either been like, you know, we didn't know that was going on, or we just thought it was, you know, girls were there. You know, it was it was you know, we're big time college back. I mean, hell, there was like you know, there was stuff happening on my dorm room floor at Dayton that was kind of similar to this. And you walk and you're like, it's just, you know, it's it happens sometimes. It, it, it's college. Now, it doesn't excuse it, but there, there's nobody who thought this was this big, scandalous thing where it was this, you know, Andre McGee's going out there and he's going through the yellow pages and trying to find prostitutes or calling up 1-800-PROSTITUTES and getting this in line for us as, an, as a treat for, for playing well or whatever. They were like, it was just, you know, it, sometimes it was just happening. Or some people were like, I, I, I swear to you, I had no idea what was happening. Um, I, I just, I feel like it's because it was sex. 
and because it was consensual. It's one, easy fodder to talk about, and two, it's easy to make fun of. And I think that's, that's why people talk about the Louisville stuff way more than they'll ever talk about, you know, the Michigan State stuff, the Ohio State wrestling stuff, the Baylor sexual assault stuff. That stuff's not, you can't make jokes about that. Michigan State, what did I see about Larry Nasser? He got stabbed, he got stabbed or something? Tw- he got stabbed. Yeah. So he got stabbed twice in prison. That's right. Oh, no. Serves him right. Yeah. <laughs> not shedding tears. Shouldn't happen, but I'm not exactly sad for it. But that's my whole thing. Is I feel like Louisville would be – Louisville has become and still remains, even though there's been nothing wrong with the programs for the, the last few years, ever since the Dino Gaudio thing is the last hiccup, if you will. But Louisville has been painted as the poster child of everything that's wrong with big-time college athletics. And they carry around this scarlet you know, L on their chest for God knows how long. And I do think that it's a little bit ridiculous that we are painted in a more unfavorable light than programs that have had actual, like, real serious laws broken and really heinous, heinous things that have happened. Not that what happened at Louisville was not morally wrong or gross or whatever word you want to use, but I think we can all agree that rape, covering up rape, sexual assault, all of these things are, are more serious than consenting adults, and again, Everyone agrees they were adults. You can use the underage thing if you want. Nobody else has, has said that. Speaking of ridiculous, and not to change the subject too much on you, isn't it a little crazy that I, I just saw some on Twitter? The WNBA Skills Challenge is going on right now, okay. which means it's All-Star Weekend, but they're doing the Skills Challenge literally right now. At 4 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. What are we doing? What are we doing? I knew it was the midway point of the WNBA. Well, and it had to start at at least three because they're already going to the finals of the skills challenge. Like, hey, what is what is ESPN covering tonight that demands baseball? Yeah, I mean, it's no, they won't have any baseball on. Who are we kidding? It's like, is Courthole going to be on again? Like in prime time? <laughs> like, why can't the WNBA give them their give them their All Star weekend at least in prime time? That just seems the skills challenge is happening right now. Yeah, I just saw a posting about a team going to the finals. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. That is, that that does seem ridiculous. Yeah, I I see a tweet from 15 minutes ago. Skills challenge and three point shootout about to begin. I mean, that's that's just loco. That that is loco. I've got to know what's on ESPN tonight. Check it out. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Sax line. We'll take some thoughts from you guys here and wrap up the segment. Then come. Oh, back. summer league basketball. That's why WNBA is not on. Yeah. Come oh, on. I get what a that- joke. Put summer league basketball on right now. I get that summer league basketball is probably going to draw better ratings than this, but probably still, so. give them. I mean, you have the contract with them. Give yeah. them it's the All Star Weekend. Give them at least. It's like an hour of your time. Put it on. That seems ridiculous to me. Texture says the Scoots uh, segment needs to be Scoots in the sewer. I like it. What's a good Scoots in the sewer story? Anything recent? I mean, found yourself being done. Cr- crashing the scooter was. <laughs> I was pretty much in the sewer there. Couldn't button my own pants the next morning. Had to get a buddy to do it for me. So. I don't know if you can get any more sewery than that. Texas Night School on ESPN was a college basketball reality show about Texas Tech walk-ons. Wasn't sure. that? Yeah, I remember that. I, I liked. I, I did not like Bobby Knight, but I, I did like the show. I remember watching it and having enjoying it. Wasn't it kind of? And Texas, you can refresh my memory. I feel like it was more about because it, it was like a, it was one of those reality show competitions. It's when like WWF WWE Tough Enough was 
was becoming a thing. Like mm-hmm. you earned a contract. I feel like it was a competition to earn a walk-on spot on the Texas Tech team. Which, looking back, it's kind of crazy that Bobby Knight. You'd think he'd be the last coach that would be willing to do something like this, but he was very much involved in, in a reality show. It was great theater, but it, it it didn't. It had a very much like a reality game show element to it. I think these shows are more. They're trying to give you the a picture of like the real deal behind the scenes. Yeah. And I'd like to see a college basketball show like that. I would definitely, I would definitely follow it, even if it was. I'd prefer it to be kind of like the, the the thing that they've got going on now where it's multiple programs at the same time. I wouldn't want just – I'd focus on a show that's like just about Michigan State and Tom Izzo. I'd, I'd watch it, but I'd like multiple programs. Now, the Last Chance U recently was the, the junior college episodes. That mm-hmm. was that was kind of a college basketball doc. Yeah, I, I liked really, that. I really liked it. Yeah. Texture says, um, my guy's never been to Butchertown. That ain't the river. Those are pigs getting slaughtered, my man. <laughs> is the stadium? I guess the stadium is close enough that you could smell Butchertown from there. Probably so. God, and if you do get Butchertown on the you know, the right day, it is. We were down at work. We went to work the metal. My wife had to pick up something real quick around Christmas time, and we walked outside. And Virginia's like, "What is that?" So they really do that in Butchertown. Oh yeah, you can hear them sometimes. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> I actually passed a semi the other day, hauling a bunch of pigs. I was uh, I made the mistake of looking over and I saw one of them just like staring at me and I was just instantly giving, just got sad. Just longing. Yeah. It's like damn it, I love sausage, but man, that sucks for you, buddy. The first I I distinctly remember the first time we were, I was in Butchertown with my dad and he like explained the smell and stuff and I was I was haunted by it. I'm like this Guarantee is it. one, it's gross. I Two, uh, I don't want to know about it. I took a tour through a Tyson the one of the Tyson chicken facilities once. Why would you ever do that? Oh I I truly cannot believe to this day that I still eat chicken. It was one of the nastiest things I've ever seen. Why did they give tours, first of all? I don't know. But you had to wear, this was years ago, but I remember I had to put on a pair, they give you like a pair of knee-high boots because you're like past your ankles in blood at some points in the tour. It's it's really gross. I mean, we went to, as a kid, my, my mom loved in summer to take us to, like we went to uh, the Lace Chips Factory, went to a Cheesecake Factory, the Pepsi Factory. Why would they ever give cheesecake tours? Cheesecake Factory is a restaurant. Yeah, there was a, a <laughs> cheesecake place in E Town. They make the best part is that some of them would be cracked, and they'd give them to you for free at the end of the tour. Nice, so like you got a free cheesecake. I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember what cheesecake company it was, but it was great. Why would you ever give a tour to a chicken slaughtering place where people would have to walk around in literal blood and guts? Better question is why the hell would I do? Why it? would you? Do, why did you do it? I don't know. I I can't remember anything else about it. This must I must have been I don't know fourteen fifteen at the time. That's even worse. Yeah. What are you doing? And I, and I never had a period where I stopped eating chicken, which is really weird. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Texas, I'm definitely the Dan of my friends group. My story would be uh, I smoked weed before class in college and parked at a meter and then sprayed some axe on myself. I saw the meter in front of me had ran out of time, so I thought I'd help the person and put some change in. I saw a guy approaching and thought this dude is going to get in his car, but oh well, it was just some change. He's getting in his car and looks at me and says, you wearing some cologne? I said, yeah. And he said, maybe a little less next time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My favorite, one of my favorite dance stories from college was, (laughs) so he failed freshman English at Dayton. Basically, if you didn't like test out of it with an AP credit, you had to take everyone, every freshman at Dayton had to take English their first semester. And he failed it. 
And if you fail it, you had to retake it second semester with the other people in the class that, that failed it. And keep in mind, this, it's dating. It's a pretty big college. So th- I think there were four people in, in his class of, of, of failed English first semester for the second semester. And at one point, he fell asleep during class. A class with four people. He somehow still managed oh, to fall asleep. Oh, gosh. He was, a, he was a treasure. He ended up having to transfer to UK pretty quickly. Much easier there. <laughs> well, I think he also, I think he, Dan had like a, a legit learning disability that he got on medicine for and it helped him a lot but at Dayton he also just I mean, there was one time he was I saw we we drank like we did back-to-back power hours like a Wednesday night which is just ridiculous in hindsight and I went to my nine o'clock class somehow and I'm walking back we live in the same dorm complex and he had a make he, he sees me and he's like I can't do it and just walked back in and goes to sleep I found out later that it was a makeup test that he'd already skipped that he just wasn't going to I was like <laughs> I don't know how he, I don't know how you made it to college, but he did. Texas says also TK is still rolling and tumbling down that mountain that you dropped him off to his death. Well, <laughs> may not ever stop rolling. Be rolling a long time, but in Trevor's mind, he would just like pull himself up or grab onto a rock, and you know he'd he'd parkour his way down the side <laughs> of the mountain, and it'd be fine at the end. That's that's how he'd handle the situation. Texas says. Duke is better, but I don't see that loss at home. Well, I'd hope not. I mean, yeah, I don't either. I don't think I'm going to predict it. I think, I mean, I want to see where they are in like a standard ACC power rankings for football. Because I keep, I feel like the Duke hype, if you want to call it that, is still sort of real. And I don't really, let's see, 24-7 sports. They've got Virginia last. So I feel good about that. We play them. Boston College, we play them as well. They're 13. Georgia Tech is 12th. We play them first game. Virginia Tech, we play them again, 11th. Syracuse do not play. Pitt, 9th. Wake Forest, 8th. They've got Louisville at 7th in these power rankings and Duke at 6th. So there's some people who think that they're going to be better. Like Mike Elko had a hell of a year last year. They went 9-4 and four last season. Um, they bring back nine stars on offense, including the quarterback, Riley Leonard. Defense, I think we should be able to score on them. But often it'll be a challenge. But I think we're going to win. We don't lose at home to Duke. No. Texas Scoot's basically admitting his pedophile store side on today's show. Yeah, that was bad. It was it was a tough look. That was bad. You should. <laughs> you, wrong want, wrong thing to say in that you, situation. You wanted to go against like the just like I think she's attractive now. You just you went you I you overcorrected. Yeah, I did. I you did. you went from like like kind of drifting into the left lane to swerving off the road completely. Yeah. Hit the hit the concrete barrier in the middle. Texas says, so now I get the child molester part of Scoot's Kermit voice. <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> it does. Let's take a break. When we come back, I will talk a little women's basketball. We'll let you hear some Jeff Walls clips. Take more from you on the Thornton Sex Line as well at 502-414-1450. Mike Rutherford Show, halfway home here on a Friday on 1450 and 96.1 The
It's Friday, I'm in love. Now we got a Friday, now we got a weekend. <laughs> Welcome back in, Mike Weatherford Show. Friday edition here, hopefully your weekend's already off and running. If it's not, hopefully you will be soon. Either way, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on a Friday afternoon on 1450 The Big X. I've got some great news for myself, Scoots. Let's hear it. I just got an email from the fine folks over there at Cameo. You know, I'm a Cameo star. Did you get a message for $2? I've made over $200 on Cameo. No big deal. Over three years, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's the the new Screen Actors, Screen Actors Guild strike is happening. The writer strike is happening. They wanted to let me know that Cameo is fine. I can still do Cameo even if I'm striking along with the actors or striking along with the writers. They... They recently lost, launched an official business for Cameo agreement, which covers the brand deals that we make on their platforms. It doesn't, I'm not, I'm not a scab if I'm still doing Cameos, which I don't think I've had a Cameo for like five months. <laughs> but Cameo for business earnings towards your health and pension benefits while having security. I don't have any of this stuff that they're, at, that they're talking about here, but I'm glad that I'm on the same email that, that find celebrities like Kevin from The Office and others are getting today. Since I've done this show with you all week, can I get a cam- one cameo on the house? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I mean... Look, I'll keep it in my back pocket. If, if anybody wants to just, like, text me, I, I will give you... <laughs> I, I will do a video for free. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah, the, the poor one guy who sent me the text message for two bucks, I was like, buddy, I would have just... I didn't even know this was an option when I signed up for this thing. It was right after... The, the sad thing was, it was right after, I think, Lachlan McLean announced that he was... He was leaving radio, and he was just going to do Spectrum. And this guy texted me. He's like, any chance that you're going to take the spot in 680? And I was like, I don't think so. And then that was it. I was like, $2 spent. If you want to spend uh, – if you want to follow up, it's going to be two more, buddy. I was, like, I, was like, I was like, please just give me your number. I will, I will talk to you for free. Don't worry about I've this. I spent $2 on worse things. <laughs> I guess there's that. I'm trying to send you an email of this audio, but the internet's not working here. Anyways, uh, Louisville women's basketball yesterday. Got beat, 74-71. They led it half by four. They came back. They, um, they, they trimmed a, I think it was a nine-point lead at one point in the fourth quarter, down to three, had a shot in the final seconds to try and tie the game and go to overtime. Unfortunately, the shot uh, was misfire. So Louisville now sits at 1-1. They're off today. They will play the African team tomorrow at 11 a.m. If they win that game, I believe the African team is, is 0-2. If they win that game, they'll get a rematch against Canada on Sunday at 5 p.m. for the gold medal. That's juicy. In the gold medal game. Canada apparently is the best team in this field. Um, Louisville would love another shot against them. I can read you a part of what Jeff Wall said. I can't apparently send this clip because I'm just not getting internet here. Uh, He said, overall, I mean, it's game two against a very good Canada team. After 10 days of practice with a group that's never played together, I'm pleased. I'm really excited with where we are. I think they showed a lot of grit. Ooh, grit. Grit. Buzzword. Togetherness. I think you're going to see, this is going to be kind of the theme of this year's season. And it's not a direct relation to Haley Van Lith leaving, but you've got a team now that for the first time in a long time, because look, Louisville has been led with star power basically since Walls got here and inherited Angel McCautry. They don't have a ton of that this year. They don't have a... A woman who's going to be a first-team All-American. They don't have a woman who's going to be in the top of those NIL 
earnings discussions. They don't have that type of player for the first time in a long time. There's no Dana Evans. There's no Asia Durr. There's no Angel McCautry. There's no uh, Shoney Schimmel. There's no Haley Van Lith. And I think you're going to see Jeff talk in terms of this being a cohesive unit, a, play, a, a team that gets by on its effort level, its knowledge of the system, its grit, all that good stuff, its depth. I think that's what you're going to have to have this season if, if they're going to win. They did turn the ball over 23 times last night or yesterday afternoon, which was a huge issue last season. But Walsh seems to believe that they can get that corrected. And, I mean, it is. They've had, I think, three full team practices this summer before going to Canada. They've got nine new players. It should look a little dysfunctional at times, and that's kind of the way that it looked yesterday. But still, they have a chance to win out and win a gold medal, and even if they don't, it seems like this is going to be a productive experience for them, just as is the case with, the, I think, the Kentucky men's team. Now, they look like they're probably far more suited to win um, a, a gold, win, win two more games. They play the African team tomorrow as well with Emmanuel for, and I think that, that that African team is 0-2 as well. So they should probably roll in that. They'll probably get a rematch with, I, I would assume, Germany. I guess it'll be Germany or I'm Canada. going Germany too, but others have said Canada. You think I mean, I've heard that Canada coming in was supposed to be the team with the most talent because mm-hmm. they had some legit college players. I've also heard the German team. I didn't watch any of it, but I've heard they kind of shot the lights lights out in that they first did. game. Yeah, they and did. maybe that wasn't really indicative of, of who they are. So uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow who they're going to play. But it does seem like UK is is maybe maybe more poised to win a gold medal. What are the U of L women doing today? Do you know? I don't know. They're not hanging out at Drake's house. No kidding. I saw. Isn't I, that sweet? I saw TJ Beisner's Instagram, and I wasn't. If, you, if you're was. 18, 19 years old, like, well, how cool is that experience? I mean, if you're 38 years old. Yeah. Like, oh, no, for sure. Yeah. I would think it would be. I mean, you just see, because when it comes to these just gigantic, you know, billion-dollar mansions that celebrities have, the only time you really see them is, like, overhead shots, mm-hmm. or every now and then you'll see, like, an Instagram of, like, an inside of a room. Like, I would want to know, like, I mean... I want to know the inner workings of like why why you need this, what purpose this serves. Like the 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 shots that TJ had of the team in the pool were were very cool. But he also it seemed it was weird to me like he had this gigantic open area which seemed to be just for cars where you could have like all these garages and all these cars were just sitting out. And some of the cars just looked very normal. And I was like, is that is that TJ's car? Or <laughs> I was like I was like I don't think Drake has like a a, a 2008 Subaru or uh, you know a, a, a 03 Camry, a little Ford Focus sitting over there. I don't think that that's Drake's, but maybe it is. Maybe he just wants to to roll incognito every now and then. But Drake was not there. He is like, he's on tour, so he wasn't there. But he gave John Calipari said he gave us the keys and he, and also like at the front. What of Drake's, do you do? Put him under the mat. Texted John here. Well, at, They're at, under the front mat. At the front of Drake's house, he had like a, it was like a, a church camp. He had this like big sign that said like, welcome University of Kentucky men's basketball. It's almost like, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird thing. Hmm. You do hear that like celebrities who have home bases, even in cities where they grew up, they're there so infrequently. Like they're just, you know, they're, they're always doing something. They're, 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 you know, they'll take a quick trip to an island. They just like when you have that level of money. I feel like Drake's never home enough for it to really feel like home. But I would like to talk to him about that. That's uh, probably one of twelve homes. Yeah, but he's from Toronto, so I would assume that that's like the home base. But who knows? I, I was jealous, like following TJ on Instagram, like getting like the little 
little inside tour. I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be at Drake's house today. There's a there's a house off of Elk Run Golf Course. Okay. That is, I mean, it's easily the biggest house that's on the golf course. It's just massive. But I've played a lot of golf at Elk Run. I have never seen these people at home. They, they've got, like, sheets over their couches and stuff. I've never seen the sheets off the couches. I've never seen any sort of movement at this house. No matter what time of the year it is, they're just never there. What a world to live in. It's crazy. So the one of the nicest places I've ever been, my my uh, my my best friend, he married into a family that I guess his their his uncle-in-law, if that's even a term, has like ridiculous oil money, like big oil money. Mm-hmm. And so they live that he has a, a a gigantic like mansion cabin up there on on Torch Lake in Michigan. To put this in perspective, he's you talk about neighbors, like the neighbors, you can't even like see the neighbors, but he lived very close to Kid Rock, had a had a, a house in, like in the same area, like around this little strip. And then that that the, the super liberal filmmaker, Michael, uh, Michael Moore, who I'm like not a big fan of. Uh, he just because I think he's regardless of politics, just kind of a douche. But he had a, a gigantic house in that same little area. But so we stayed up there one time. In 2011, I drove up there. We all drove up there, and like we had like he's like bring all the friends, like whatever. And so they had a this, the the uncle wasn't actually there, but he has a wine cellar where every year he apparently went to some guy who knows all about wine, get wrote him a check for like I think 1.5 million dollars, and was like stock this thing. What? So we've been drinking all day at this place, and Weber's uh, his father-in-law. He's like Mike, go down there, grab a new bottle of wine. And I was like, no. I, I was like, on the off chance that I like just fall and bump into something or pull something out and like all this wine tumbles down, I don't want to be responsible for a loss of like three and a half million dollars worth of wine. The the risk far outweighs the reward for me here. You, you're going down. I don't care how drunk you are. Somebody besides, I was like, I'm not doing it. I was like, I'm afraid to touch anything in this place, period. I don't belong here. This is not my world. <laughs> Every now and then, like you do, find yourself just you know as you get older, like you you you'll find yourself in a house or a situation where you just don't belong. Yeah. And I'm like, just I just I just don't want to screw it up. I just you know walking the red carpet at the, at the uh, White Man Can't Jump premiere behind Andy Bashir a few like last month. I was like, we don't belong here. We shouldn't be doing this. I'm thinking more on the opposite side of the spectrum. Any, you want to be there anytime I go to Trevor's house. I just I, <laughs> we'll, I just we'll, don't we'll, belong. Well, that too. There there <laughs> there are the opposite moments too. We're like, I don't belong here. <laughs> I'm a little bit better than this. How did I get to this point in life? Uh, 502-414-40 here's the Thornton text line. We'll take some text from you guys in just a second. But uh, the final thought on the 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 Global Jam stuff that's going on right now. Emmanuel Okora for it's hard to find stats for the, the games that don't involve the teams from USA. Even on the official Global Jam website, they've got like the, the games. They've got no stats up. They've got no scores up. But Emmanuel Okora for he did start for the African team yesterday against the the German team and he had four points and three rebounds uh one was a dunk there's a highlight of, uh, of a dunk it's a it's a wide open dunk but there's your hot summer Louisville hoops update male core four still capable of dunking a basketball but four points and three rebounds I think is you know, I don't know how many minutes he played it's it's certainly not overwhelming especially when you consider the level of competition at these things is not supposed to be all that great so um I know he's been working his way back from an injury. I'm not going to read too much into it, but you know, we'll see how he plays tomorrow. At least tomorrow we can watch the game when he's playing UK. He's not a guy that you're expecting a lot out of for this year, right? I personally know. 
I know some people were very excited. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is he came in the towards the end of last season and right. made waves because he just like played hard, and that was it. Like, that was how bad it got last year. Was we're like this guy's actually trying. Let's just play him forty minutes a game. And I was very much on that boat. I'm like, if he's gonna, he's working his ass off for rebounds. He's at least trying to do things in the post. He's he's playing defense. I know he doesn't know what he's doing out there, and he doesn't look like he's maybe has the talent level to play at, at this. But he's he's trying, and that's all I'm really asking for at this point. But yeah, his. You talk about the upgrade on the on the talent on this team. I, I think from a pure ability standpoint, he's not like a high major guy who should be playing big time minutes. But if you want, you know, he, he can inject energy into a situation. Um, he could play 10, 15 minutes a game. I, I I'd be fine with that. I think he can play that role. But uh, you'd you'd hope to get to a point where we're not relying on the Emmanuel Cora fours of the world to. You know, to, to be a good basketball team. I mean, I just talking to scouting guys when we signed him, who had some familiarity with the the uh, the, the NBA Africa League down there, because they did speak pretty highly of, of the kid who ended up going to DePaul that we went after to a point. But they said when we got a core for him, like, what, what are we talking about here? And they were saying we all had him pegged as a, a low major prospect. So I was not overly enthusiastic. But then he came here. He's got a great attitude. He plays hard. It's all you can ask for. But uh, We'll see how he plays tomorrow against Kentucky. I think that game is it's the nightcap. I believe it's it's late. Whatever it is. You can find it on TV. Make it happen. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texas says, any insight on Capers' knee injury? It seems like he may be redshirted the way that Brom talked. I kind of had the same thought, and this was something that I, I don't know if, if people who are more into recruiting than I am, if, if people who follow this thing had kind of known about and kept hush-hush, but it was news to me yesterday when Jeff said, you know, he was dealing with a knee injury that maybe would keep him sidelined at the beginning of fall camp. And I do kind of wonder if this was a thing, the decision to go ahead and make the move to college, where it was like, he'll get better treatment, he'll have better trainers at a place like Louisville, as opposed to going through a high school season with high school trainers, high school rehabilitation, maybe missing out on his his last season of high school football entirely. And if this was just like, hey, let's just get the college process going. And if I'm as good as I think I am, even if I have to redshirt because of this injury, I'm two years away from being NFL draft eligible as opposed to coming in and still being three years away. I don't know if that went into it, but I can see that happening. Jeff didn't give away a whole lot when he was talking about the injury. He wasn't saying he, I'm implying a lot of things. I mean, I'm inferring a lot of things. I'm, I'm thinking that, because he was so hesitant to say this guy's going to be an immediate impact guy and because he did bring up the injury, I'm thinking there's at least a possibility that he might be sidelined for for a little bit of time. But I, I the details, can't give you those. Texas is a good scoot in the story would be about how he once said on the air that he would prefer a 14-year-old Rebecca Black over the current version. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> point to the texture. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a bad moment. Man. One of, not my finest. Moment. We can scrap that. Yeah. You, you have the ability if you want to. Uh, Texture says fringe players may have stayed. Be- oh God, this is. I can't say that. <laughs> Texture says Butchertown, not just a clever name, Scoots. Now I know. It is the, the. I mean, I've always assumed, but I never knew for sure. Oh yeah, that's that smell. That's uh, it's 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 a real deal. Texture says great choice with the cure. Oh yeah. I enjoy the cure. Got to have the cure on Fridays. Texas Mike, the Reds are hosting KSR next year for a game for KSR Day. 
Will they be doing this for the Rutherford show? Are they really? Now, Matt is a season ticket holder. He has donated more money to the Reds than I have, certainly. But I think we need a... Has he, do- has he donated more emotion, though, to the Reds than you no. have? He's not even... He, he's, That's right. He's a casual fan. I don't, not say, all, I don't want to say that. He may have gotten more into it. I know back in the day he didn't like baseball. This isn't this isn't Keith Wynn here. I mean, it's not about money you've given the program. So you've put your heart and soul into it. Matt hasn't. Step up, big X. Like, get, get, <laughs> get Rutherford Show going. I mean, they're doing way too much UK stuff. <laughs> all of our rivals are getting involved. Now, Scott Satterfield, I understand at least. At least he's a he's a Cincinnati coach. He's a he's a local guy. But they had, I mean, Devin Leary threw out the first pitch at a, at a Reds game. He hadn't even played a game for UK. We got Will Levis out there throwing L's down in Reds jerseys. He's from Massachusetts. You don't even go here. <laughs> and now we're getting we're having a KSR day that they made UK hats last year. Show some love to U of L. We're not that far away. We're only like an hour south. All these Highlands kids out there rocking their UK slash Reds gear. One thing that I, I, I do either claim Kentucky or claim Cincinnati. You can't do both. Like I, I had I, I had a roommate. My sophomore year at Dayton, who went to Covington Catholic, and there are a lot of a lot of Cuff kids go to U of L, but a lot of them went to Dayton too. And he would do this thing where he would claim Kentucky when it was convenient, and then he would claim he was from Cincinnati when it was convenient. Like we were in class one time, and he was like, "Is there like anybody here from Cincinnati?" And he raised his hand. I was like, "You can't do that. It's not allowed." <laughs> and he was like, a, "He was like a UC fan sometimes, like a UK fan other times, and they tossed Michigan in there every now and then." I'm like, "These people from Covington, they just they need to make up their minds." I mean, in his defense, though, the Cincinnati airport's in Kentucky. It's right there. Yeah. It's all right there. But it'd be like you know, if you're if you're from Jeff, if you're from Jeffersonville, and you're going to school at at U of L, and one day you're claiming state of Indiana, let's go Hoosiers, let's go six basketball classes as opposed to one, and then the next day you're like, yeah, I'm from Louisville. I live there. You can't do both. I mean, I had to say, there were times when I was in college I had to say I was from Louisville just because people didn't know where it was. or in, Like, if I, I couldn't tell them, like, New Albany, where the hell's New Albany? But that's just convenience. That's yeah. just you trying to, to give them a frame of reference. That's right, yeah. You could say, like, New Albany, it's right across the bridge from Louisville. And most people will get that. But it's not you trying to, like, get a one-up with a professor who's like, anybody here from Louisville? And you're like, yeah, me. After just being bragging about being across the bridge. Scandalous. I don't like it. Texas says, did I see Mikasa Robinson dress as a coach on the bench with UofL? I sure hope so. She's the best. I, I don't know. I would love that, though. We're, you talk about and I, we're definitely going to miss Haley. We're absolutely missing Mikasa Robinson as well. She was fantastic as a player. I did see Monique Reed, who's a former UofL basketball player, has, uh, has joined the coaching staff at Bellarmine. I think that'll be fun. Happy for her. Texture says, reminds me of when CJ Frederick, Kentucky Graphics, said he was coming home, and then the Cincy Graphics said the same thing. I do remember, I think we talked about this. So CJ Frederick, you know, who played at Iowa, then went to Kentucky. When they announced that he was going to UK, they did the I'm coming home graphic, the UK social media people did. And then mm-hmm. when he was going to Cincinnati this past season, Cincinnati people used the I'm coming home graphic as well. It's, the, it's, it's all the same up there. It's overly incestuous in northern Kentucky and Cincinnati. Show some love to Louisville, Cincinnati people. Texas, where's Trevor? He's been gone all week. Nobody knows. Did you just tune into the show? <laughs> I don't ask where Trevor goes when he goes places. He's with, he's, he says he's going with friends to Vegas. That's all I need to know. That's why I haven't heard from him. 
He did tell me he won $300 in video blackjack the other day. Well, that's good. It's pretty cool. How much did he lose, though? <laughs> good point. Probably more than 300 <laughs> Texas, after the season of Louisville football, how many quarterbacks will transfer since we have nine quarterbacks? You'll lose, I mean, well, first of all, you're, you're definitely losing three already because Jack Plummer's got no eligibility, Brock Doman's got no eligibility, and Evan Conley's got no eligibility. So that's why you've restocked the, you know, the cupboard so much. It's not just about having depth for this season. It's about having competition for the starting job after this season. And I, I mean, I, I think that you're – it's understandable to expect – one of the two of Brady Allen or Pierce Clarkson to potentially transfer after next season. You could do a thing, and you see this a lot now, where kids will stay with a the program, they'll go through spring practice, and if it becomes evident that they're not going to be the starter or they're not the guy, the number one guy going into fall camp, then they'll enter the transfer portal. I could easily see that happen next spring. Like, let's say we go through this season, Jack Plummer's the guy, and then... Brock Doman earns the number one backup job, and it's always kind of unclear if Brady Allen has the has the one up on Pierce Clarkson or vice versa. And then we get into to spring practice next year, and it's very clear that Pierce is the dude. He's just he, he's great. He's everything we want him to be. I can see then Brady Allen entering the transfer portal or vice versa. I can see us losing one of those two guys. But you still like I, I mean you've got Deuce Adams coming in as a freshman. I think Jeff will add more guys next year. I think he'll go out and get a couple more quarterbacks. They're not afraid. The, the best walk-on quarterback in this area, I can see Louisville taking him on an annual basis. You've had some success there. Jeff's had a ton of success. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, understandable that you'll see some guys transfer. I think they'll just keep adding guys that, 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 at that spot. Texas is very disappointed that you couldn't get Trev to at least call in today so that we could all live vicariously through him. Scoots has been in contact with – I've barely been in contact with Trevor at all this week. I don't know what he's doing. He's fine. I'm just letting him go. Texas, yes, Mike. This is my first time tuning in this week. I have a life other than you. Oh man, how that dare stings, you? Stings, yeah. How dare you? I mean, make time. We have a podcast. <laughs> you can listen to it whenever. Texas says you could reiterate what you were told about Brom saying this is the most talent he's had as a coach, but won't be the most talent that he will have going forward. Now he didn't say exactly that. It wasn't. He didn't say specifically it's the most talent he's had as a coach. He said it was more talent than he had last year at Purdue. For sure. He the second part is accurate. Jeff believes that this will be the least talented team that he has at Louisville. And that should be the goal, I think, of I guess of every coach who sure. goes to a new program is we're gonna take this thing to another level. The recruiting is going to be good. I think that he was genuinely surprised by how far along Louisville's NIL situation was and how much he had to work with. And it's it's definitely helped, not just with the standard recruiting, but certainly with the transfer portal stuff. I think that allowed him to put together a roster that is more talented going into year one than he thought it was going to be when he took the job. And I think it's also given him some some optimism that they can get even better players and better rosters together moving forward. I think he's got – he has enough faith in himself with the offense. He feels like he can just you – know, you give me the parts. As long as they're good, I can make them all great. Defensively, you know, we, we want the best players, and now they have the, the chance to go out and get guys like TJ Capers on an annual basis. They feel really good about that. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got news about the UofL men's basketball non-conference schedule for the upcoming season. A couple more dates uh, ha- have unveiled themselves. We'll discuss that and take your reactions as well, and we'll get weird. It's Friday. It's the last hour. Text us at 502-414-1450. Any show ideas, any topics, any questions, any concerns, 
We'll take them all. It's the Mike Rutherford Show continues next here on 1450 The And done? No, it's George Jones. Oh, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I know this song. It's one of the best country songs of all time. It's, I, I, I mean, I, I know you're going Friday theme. Admittedly, Mike, though, I only know it because one of the radio stations when we were growing up, either 98.9 or 99.7, every Friday, they would play this song. No, oh. so that's the, it's. It was kind of like the. You remember the Toast song being real big when we were kids? Yes. Yeah, Toast. It was kind of like that. You would I just hear it on random that. radio shows. I completely forgot. French yeah, Toast. toast. That was always the best at the end. Uh, just reminds me of the wild one, Mike Shannon. Yeah, I'm a real wild one. <laughs> you can find his clip. Every now and then I'll still, I'll, I'll, if I would get drunk back in the day, I would find the Mike Shannon YouTube clip and just play it. It would laugh my ass off. It would take me right back to like 1998. It was great. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm sorry. I never felt, ex- I never expected to feel this way. Today. I'm sorry. I'm starting off the five o'clock hour with disappointment. <laughs> That's my fault. But it is Friday. It is five o'clock. The Reds are back. Weekends are back. It's hot as hell out there. Go inside. Grab a drink. Go somewhere nice. Have a nice dinner. Whatever you want to do tonight, do it for you. Enjoy yourself. Happy Friday to you. Uh, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. If you want to have your thoughts made before the end of the week, that's the place to get them in here. Let's start off this hour. I want to talk the UofL men's basketball non-conference schedule, and I'll give a tip of the cap to our buddy Matt McGavick over at Louisville Report, who did some digging to put this all in one place. There are still a number of empty spots out there, but it's starting to take shape a little bit. Now, we know we found out last week that Louisville's not going to be a part of the ACC-SEC challenge, which is embarrassing, but whatever. Designated, that was like three weeks ago. Designated survivor. We're fine. We, we, we assumed it for a long time, but now we know officially that there's one more spot to fill on the non-conference schedule. We do, as of right now, know who Louisville season opener is going to be. So Louisville will play the very first night of the season is going to be Monday, November 6th this year. And opening night has been it's been a source of contention, I think, for college basketball fans for a while. I thought they finally got it right by moving the Champions Classic games to, to opening night. It was a nice little bang to start things off. Mm-hmm. And, and then they started doing it on like, like Election Tuesday. I was like, well, that's no, no, let's not let's not do that. Let's just move it to Wednesday. Simple solution. And instead they overcourse corrected again and just moved the Champions Classic to the second or third week of the season and had no good games on opening night last year, which sucked. I think it's going to be the case again this year. So Louisville will play Monday, November 6th, and they will play, drumroll please, UMBC. 
Nice, the Retrievers. The Giant Slayers from uh, from a few years ago, the, the first team to ever knock off a one seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament since the expansion started. Cards are going to play UMBC. Now, it's a it's a name because of the, of the upset still, but UMBC basketball, I'm, I, I want to put it politely, this is not a team that Louisville should lose to. This is a very much a Bellarmine situation from last year. Where they're a little pesky, but there's they're probably going to be like a between 200 to 250 on Ken Palm, bottom half of the country in, in Division One college basketball. You should not lose this game. I'm knocking on all sorts of wooden here, but this this is a friendly opener. It's not the worst team you can play in college basketball. It's not quite Florida and M, but it's it's, it's a team you should beat. Um, like last season. God, I'm trying to get the internet to work here. They they were 18 and 14 last year. They finished in fourth place in the America East, which is one of the worst conferences in all of Division One. They were 252 on Ken Palm. This is a not great team. Louisville should be able to take care of business. We don't know any games that are going to be played between then and when Louisville will head north for the the Empire Classic in New York, which, again, is going to be two games against the trio of UConn, Texas, or Indiana. My hunch is that Louisville's going to play UConn in the first game. They'll try to kind of seed this thing unofficially one through four. UConn, on paper, looks to be probably the team that's going to be the highest ranked out of this quartet. Um, they're the reigning national champions. You want Basically, ESPN wants them in that championship game on November 20th. So they're going to give them the easiest opponent in the first game, which you would assume is going to be us. That probably means Texas versus Indiana in the other game. Love that game. And then Louisville would play either Texas or Indiana the next night in the the championship or the the third place game there. So that either way, you're playing two very tough games. Louisville will come home. They'll play Bellarmine on November 28th. We found that out via Scott Davenport earlier this week, um, kind of spilling some tea, saying. I'm trying to play all these teams. Bill Self won't play me. Michael Shrewsbury won't play me. Why no, would they not? Nobody will play me. I don't understand that. They're scared of the offense. It's, it's a tricky offense to prepare for. It's uh, yeah, yeah, but be, doesn't that in the long run make you better, make your team better, make your guys see things a different way on the floor? It makes I just them, think that's nothing but a benefit. It makes them pay more attention to detail. I think what the coaching staffs are afraid of is – Worst case scenario, well, it, but they lose. Well, if, if they lose, obviously, but it, it's also such a unique offense. Nobody else really plays the way that Bellerman does. So it's not like if you prepare for Bellerman, you may see a team like them later in the season. Like you know, you, you but want, it makes you think about things a different it way. It does, but you want the added benefit of it. if you're playing kind of a quirky, dangerous, low to mid major team. You want you know, you've also prepared for a certain style that you may see from a team in your conference or that you may see from another team that's on your non-conference schedule. Bellerman doesn't really give you that. So I get why they would be like, we, you know, you got to prepare extra time for them because they're so quirky, and then you don't really ever get to use that again. So I think that's their thinking. And also the, the bigger thing is they feel like Bellerman could beat them and they don't want to run that risk, which we saw firsthand with us last year. But that's not going to be the first game of the season. It'll be November 28th, and there will be a game between the Empire Classic and that Bellerman game on November 25th. Louisville's going to play New Mexico State. This is an interesting scheduling choice because in most years, this would be like a team that you you absolutely want to stay away from. New Mexico State has won the WAC, I think, nine times in the last 
13 years. They've, they've earned the wax auto bid to the NCAA tournament, and they've been a an NCAA tournament staple. But they are coming off of, I mean, they, they may be the only team in Division One that had a more controversial season than we did or a more talked about in a negative light season than we did. And that's because they quite literally had to cancel their season. So they had the story, and we talked about it on the show, in December where a number of players on their team had gotten into a fight with students at the New Mexico, New Mexico State football game. Apparently, one of those students tried to set up the player on the New Mexico State basketball team, wanted to get him jumped when New Mexico State was getting ready to play the first of two games against New Mexico, lured him over to the New Mexico campus. He got out, realized it was a setup. He shot and killed one of the guys that was going to jump him. And uh, then the New Mexico State staff got kind of caught trying to cover it up or trying to hide the kid and, and the murder weapon from police. It was an ugly thing. That's not even what caused them to cancel their season. They kept playing. Obviously, a couple of kids got kicked off the team, and obviously the kid who who killed somebody and got shot in the process was was done. But they canceled the season after allegations of hazing came up uh, a month later. So they now have a new coach. I don't know. You know they, they've got a, a roster that's been put together from scratch. They should be very down next season. This is a, another game that you schedule. It looks a little bit good on paper because it's New Mexico State. They're they're a name brand. They've had success in the NCAA tournament recently. But this is, you know, if you ever wanted to get them on a down year, this is the year to get them. They, they should be struggling. After the Bellman game on the 28th, we don't know what's going to happen between then and December 9th when Louisville will travel to play DePaul. I don't really want to talk about the game because that one, it pains me to not have DePaul Day anymore. It pains me that the DePaul fans are going to be all up in our mentions, taking over the show, going nuts. Please, God, let us win that game. Don't, don't, don't make my life hell again, Kenny. Don't, don't do it. Chris Mack ruined DePaul Day. You can save it. Please just give me this one thing. And then games that Louisville has scheduled that we don't have a date for yet. UK, we know that that's going to be at home. We know that it's going to be probably between Christmas and New Year's. If not, it'll be right before Christmas. Uh, they're going to play Pepperdine, who's coming off of a not very good year. They 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 are very down. I think they lost 14 of their last 18 games last year, finished second to last in the West Coast Conference. And then Louisville has a contract that states that they have to make a reasonable effort to play Murray State by the 2023-24 season. My hunch is that we get Murray State on the schedule this year because we have all sorts of non-conference openings. Our multi-team event is just a two-game deal as opposed to a three, which is the case, or or more with a lot of these other tournaments. We don't have the SEC Challenge game this year. My hunch is we get Murray State at some point this season as well. That's what we know right now. That schedule, I mean, you've got three really good games and then not a whole lot else there. Does that do anything for you, Scoots? No. I mean, we're trying to win games, Scoots. We're trying to get about I mean, four if, wins. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all it does for you. I think the goal is to – we're going to be a young team. I think the goal is to gain as much confidence as possible early on. And, look, you can't hide from UConn or Texas or Indiana in the Empire Classic games. Mm-hmm. But if you're at least competitive against them and then you're taking care of business against the likes of UMBC – and New Mexico State, and Bellarmine, who I think I think Bellarmine will be better than they were last year, but I don't know if people stopped paying attention to them. They did not have a very good year last year. Like They, they were um, a, a lower-half team 
in the Atlantic Sun, which is maybe the second worst conference in, in Division One. They've improved their roster, I think. They've got guys that co- have come back from last season that I think are going to step into bigger roles. They should be better. It's still a team that you should beat. Pepperdine, you should beat. Murray, they're in the Missouri Valley now. They're, they were okay last year. You should beat them. Louisville should be taking care of business, and then you get to find out how good you really are when you play Kentucky right before the calendar flips, and then you get into ACC play. I think his hope is that he can build some confidence in this young team and that they can you know, use that confidence to maybe figure out their best lineups, and then they can go into conference play with a, a good head on their shoulders. But it is not – if you're looking for a, you know, we're Louisville, we should play a name brand every single game in November, in December, it's not going to be that type of year. They've got, I think, four more spots to fill in this non-conference schedule. My guess is it's probably going to be more teams like this. You're going to see more Jackson States. You're going to see more FAMU-type teams. Um, You may get another in-state team. I don't think that they're going – if they do schedule someone relatively big, it might be renewing that series with Memphis, who just got Javon Quinterly. They've got got a totally different roster. they got a bunch of new players. They should be pretty good. That would be an exciting game, but – I know Kenny Payne said he didn't want to play them last year. This year may not be the the year either, but it's going to be a light non-conference schedule, and I'm fine with that. We need to – look, I'd rather be arguing – I'd rather the fan base be arguing about if we're beating is who is impressive enough or not to think that we're better in November and December than arguing about whether or not being 0-9 is okay because God knows that was not fun last year. <laughs> let's Let's just win these games, and then we can argue about how much it will mean when we get to conference play when we actually get there. That's 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 fine with me. Um, let's see. I a couple other notes to get to. Oh, a new offer from Kenny Payne. We have a new player to start tracking in the recruiting world. Trent Perry is a four-star guard from out of California. He's ranked as the number 59 overall player in the class of 2024, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. He is, as you may guess it, have guessed, Bigger guard, six foot four, 175 pounds. He's built as a combo guard out of Studio City, California. He plays for Harvard Westlake. His offer sheet is not outrageous just yet. We're probably the biggest school that's in on him at this point. Uh, Colorado's offered him, St. Mary's has offered him, USC's offered him, Vandy, California, um, a, a handful of other schools, but we're probably the biggest name that has gone ahead and, and pulled the trigger on offering him a scholarship. Notre Dame has as well. Oregon uh, is a big name, Virginia has offered him a scholarship. Uh, apparently, he performed very, very well at the recent Nike camp. Kenny Payne liked what he saw from him, offered him a scholarship. So Trent Perry, write the name down, circle it, another name to keep an eye on. Uh, baseball news. We're doing quick-hitting stuff right now. Greg Ferrone, who was momentarily one of Louisville's three weekend starters this past season, made six starts, 21 total appearances in 2023, Looked really good at times, looked really not good at other times, has entered the transfer portal. So Louisville needing to upgrade its pitching for sure for next season. A little bit of a blow there with Craig Ferrone, but hopefully they can bring in some guys. I think I don't know if the adding the right state kid was the the move that made this happen, but he's gone. The Division I men's basketball committee. Scoots, I want to get your thoughts on this. So there's all this talk about expanding the tournaments, expanding nope, the tournaments. I'm not giving my thoughts on this. I'm I'm just not, Mike. I'm not even talking about this. The men's basketball committee, they met. They admitted yesterday they have discussed expanding the NCAA tournament field during its meetings this week. But they made it a point to add that the any sort of expansion is not imminent. 
Good. Yeah, stop the discussion. <sighs> Leave it alone. Yeah, exactly. Leave it alone. It's the, the one sporting event that's perfect. It's the one. You're exactly right. It's the one thing. American sports, I mean, we have made a living. Every show now is like an argument show. Right, we debate everything, especially in this time of the year when there's not a whole lot of actual content to talk about. It's just debates, debates, debates. The one thing that it seems like everybody's in agreement in, on is the NCAA tournament is perfect. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. And if you want to, if there is a quibble, it's people saying it should just be 64 teams. Just get rid of the playing games, which I'm on that team. But the playing games are fine. It, it's worked out okay. It's a little bit of it's. It's like a nice little mini taste before we get into the big dance on Thursday. The fact that we're even talking about this is so outrageous, and it's such a play to the coaches who want more job security, who want to be able to say, I made the tournament in this year, that year, and this year. That's all it is. It's more money for the NCAA. It's more money for the the television networks that are going to broadcast the games, and it's more job security for the coaching staff. It does no service to the players or the fans. The players or the fans don't want this. Mm-hmm. Coaches are split, I think. I mean, I, the ones who, like I know Brad Brownell came out in, in favor of the expansion. It's because Brad Brownell's been on the wrong side of the bubble like 17 times in the last 20 years. Of course he wants more teams in. He'd be, he'd, he'd be an NCAA tournament coach twice as many times than he already has been. But for us, just leave it alone. We don't need teams that went 6-12 and 12 in conference play from a major league in the NCAA tournament. We, we just don't. Mm-mm. But... I do think eventually it's going to happen, and it's going to break my heart a little bit because the NCAA tournament has been so good. Like it, it is the one thing too, besides maybe the Super Bowl, that has only increased in popularity as time has gone on. You can say whatever you want about the the relative strength or lack thereof of college basketball during the regular season, the TV ratings, the interest, the you know you see better in the '90s, all that stuff. The fact of the matter is, March Madness ratings always kill it. And it's, it has not changed at all. People are still filling out brackets. People are still falling in love with the players who have these crazy runs. People are still falling in love with the Cinderella's. They're wa- I mean, these, the 10 most watched basketball games of the last calendar year were all college games. None of them were NBA. College basketball, the postseason is fine. Leave it alone. I don't know why this is even a discussion. I agree. A couple of other quick notes. We've got TJ Capers has officially arrived in Louisville. That happened yesterday. He's on campus. Can't tell you about the relative strength of his knee, but he is officially on campus. That's good news. Uh, Rough week for Northwestern continued yesterday. They fired their baseball coach after allegations of hazing. It's all that. (laughs) I mean. They're going to have any coaches left. it's, uh, it's It's kind of unbelievable. Uh, Damien Lee was in town last night. Uh, he, he made an appearance. U of L is doing this cool. I, I like the idea where they're doing more intimate meet and greets with the fans. Season ticket holders are being invited to these like mini sessions at the Kieber Center, where Kenny Payne and a couple of the players will answer some questions. They'll post for pictures. They'll sign autographs. They've had a couple of uh, surprise guests, and it was Damien Lee last night. I thought he said some. You, you can find the tweets out there. We'd play the audio if I could get the computer to work in here. That's fine. But he had uh, he had some nice things to say about the community, about how this is always his home. And I mean, look, Damian Lee co-hosted the show last year. I've done radio with him a couple of times before, and I'll, I'll say the same thing that I said before those those episodes. You always want the guys that you cheer for, the guys who seem so likable, to be just as likable when you actually meet them in person. And a lot of times, it's it, it can be kind of a letdown. Damian Lee is one of those handful of guys that was just as likable as you want him to be. 
And the, the amount of time that he has spent in this community, the amount of, that he's given back to the University of Louisville and the city of Louisville in general is crazy for a guy who was here for just one year. And not like a one and done. This was my choice the whole time. A guy who played three seasons at Drexel, four seasons at Drexel, and then came here for his final season of eligibility and didn't even get to play in any sort of postseason. Didn't get to play in a conference tournament. If anybody had the right to be bitter at UofL, it would be Damian Lee, and he's been the exact opposite. He's been uh, a guy who's repped Louisville at every turn, who is constantly giving back, who's in town now with his Leeway Foundation holding a basketball camp, and I think they're holding another golf scramble this year. Uh, he is He's awesome, and I loved hearing him talk and say, the best part about being here is just the support you get. You can feel the community. You can feel the fan base. And I, I'm so desperate for us to get back to you know the, the way that it was there. And he's felt it. I mean, he didn't get to feel what it's like to you know, compete for a national championship. But their last game before Louisville announced the, the self-imposed postseason ban, Louisville beat number one North Carolina. Like he played at a packed KFC Yum Center. They got a signature win. He had that moment. He felt what it's like to have Louisville basketball at its best and then uh, had it taken away, unfortunately. But I think Damian Lee is is just as eager as the rest of us for Louisville basketball to get back on that pedestal. Now, final quick note here. I don't know if you saw this, Scoots. So Sam Hartman is a guy who has had some health issues the last couple of years. He had the you know, he missed the first game of last last season for Wake Forest because he had like a I think a blood clot in his arm that was found during practice. They got that figured out. He also had a, a rib removed um, recently that uh, that th- that was part of another injury that he'd suffered. He's played through all that. He's still, according to most people, the number one transfer quarterback in the country for this season, going into Notre Dame for his final season. He will come to Cardinal Stadium for a second straight year. We're hoping this go. Goes just as well for us as it did last year when he turned the ball over seven times in one quarter. But the story came out yesterday saying Sam Hartman talked to the media and told his told them that his mom is currently in possession of that removed rib and she's turning it into a necklace that Yikes. she will be ready to wear in a few weeks. What? She's going to wear his removed rib? She's going to wear his removed rib around her neck. I mean, how's that any different from the Bullet County guy? <laughs> I mean, I get it's your son, and that is that's so weird. If you had a child who uh, who had a removed body part, would you wear it around your neck? Absolutely not. I I think it's weird. So I remember being about I don't know fifteen, sixteen years old, and I was rummaging through the cabinets at my mom and dad's house. Me and my buddy were looking for like the oldest food we could find or like the most expired food we could find. Found my freaking teeth from when I was a kid. Oh, that God. is disgusting. Why would you hold on to that? Like there's nothing there is no part of me that when I have a child and they start losing their teeth, I'm gonna keep those teeth. No shot. I feel like Mary will. I feel That's like, yeah. so gross. I like, what's my, the end goal there? I think I feel like my mom kept my first tooth for a while in a scrapbook, and then eventually got rid of it. Mary tried to keep like Penny's tooth when she lost it. See, was mine her, wasn't in dog. a scrapbook. It was literally just a Ziploc baggie sitting on top of yeah, one of the cabinets. That's the so gross. I guess you feel the need to, to document it in some way, but that's. I also wouldn't even if you are just like keeping it. I'm not turning it into jewelry that I'm going to display yeah. for everyone to see. And when when I get asked questions about it, yeah, it's my kid's tooth. <sighs> My kid's first, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a fingertip removed, wearing it around my neck. It's just super. So gross. It's psycho behavior. I, I mentioned yesterday the QB1 show that he was on the last season. And you do get, 
you don't, I don't know if you ever actually see or talk to his mom that much, but you do get a sense that she was very much like a kind of like a rich helicopter mom. Like they, they basically, they follow who's the kid that was the, the quarterback at Florida whose, whose, whose brother was so huge on Nash Greer was the, the kid was huge on vine. Right. Mm-hmm. And Will Greer was, was his brother. So yeah. their dad was their, their, their coach, like this award-winning coach. And he goes to this very wealthy, very small school in, uh, in South Carolina, like the low country. And he brings Sam Hartman with him for a senior year. Like it's, it's basically, it's kind of like a KCD situation, like small school, but a rich kid school. And you get this, the sense that there was like this collusion between the parents and like the, just it, the, the whole thing kind of, and Hartman seems like a good kid, but like you get the sense that it was very much a, a weird, overly involved parents type situation. Maybe a, would definitely wear kids' ribs around her neck type situation. I mean, if she's wearing his rib, what's Baby Gronk's dad going to wear? I mean, let's, I mean, let's be real. Baby Gronk's dad's going to be in prison in like five years. <laughs> and poor Baby Gronk's not going to fare well. Like, no. That's, that's, that needs to No way he pans out. That yeah. just needs to stop. That that Yeah, we, we need to be done with that. But Sam Hartman, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, talking about the going game by game and, and me not knowing. I, I go back and forth on how I, view, how I think Louisville's going to do against Notre Dame this year. I'm, I'm thinking I'm leaning more towards upset. If this kid's going to have his mom's ribs around her neck, I feel like we're not losing to Sam Harmon. We can't <laughs> lose this guy. We whooped him last year. I feel like we're going to whip him again. All right, uh, the text line, I, I'm going to try to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attach to a, a different internet. We'll, get, we'll go to the text line for the last half hour of the show. We'll look ahead to the weekend ahead in sports. We've got the Reds back tonight. We'll make some predictions for that. We'll get you all pumped up for the weekend ahead. Keep it locked right here. Final segment of the Mike Rutherford Show coming your way next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. But I, I like the visual. I'm all about it. Let it play. Everybody's working for the weekend. Friday edition. Final segment of the week here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. Uh, we'll go to the text line in just a second. 502-414-1450. But a reminder, if you have an air conditioning problem, it's getting hot as hell. If the AC goes out, it's like 2 in the morning. You feel like you can't make it through the night. There's only one place to call. It's AirServe of Louisville. They got you covered 24 hours a day, every day. Call them any hour at 502-785-8600. They come out to your home, your place of business, what have you, and fix your problem and get your get you back to being comfortable in your home. Uh, AirServe.com backslash Louisville is the website. It's spelled a little funky. A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville, or again, you can call them directly any hour, any day at 502-785-8600. 
I'm seeing the quotes now. People have sent in the story about the Sam Hartman thing. So he had to have the rib removed as part of the the blood clot deal. And so he asked the doctor, I guess, before the operation to remove the rib, said, after the surgery, can I keep the rib? His original idea was he wanted to make a necklace out of it like a shark's tooth. Very strange. The surgeons looked at each other. They tentatively agreed. His mom didn't think much of the request, thinking that he was joking, but said, I I should have known afterwards that he was going to stick with it and that eventually I would get brought into this whole thing. The rib is now on his mom's fridge. (laughs) It's well on its way to becoming a necklace, she said. We're a couple weeks out. I just want to make sure it stays in one piece until then. She then justified it by saying, it's to get rid of the flesh that was on the rib, having her sent it away. He means the world to me. So if he wants me to clean the flesh off of his ribs, then that's what I'm going to do. So gross. Uh, Lisa Hartman, it should be noted, according to the story in The Athletic, is not grossed out by any of this. It helps that she's a nurse who grew up hunting and fishing with her father. I didn't know what I would say to somebody, she said. I figured people would think it was so. I was so weird, but my husband said, no, some people think that's really cool. And I thought, no, the majority of people will be like, you what? But that's what moms do. They want to make their kids happy. I, w- I mean, it would, it would not make me happy to have my mom wearing my rib around her, her, her neck. I don't. It would make me unhappy. It, yeah, I would go out of my way to make sure she couldn't do that. It, it would just embarrass me. I don't. It, it's a weird thing. We're going to beat Notre Dame, and we're going to rip his mom's rib necklace. Well, she just like threw the necklace out in the field after he throws a seventh interception. Yikes. She's done. <laughs> you want this rib? You better start playing better. 502-414-1450. We'll take some text here, as many as we can get to before the end of the show. we got about 20 minutes left, so we can, we can get there. Texture says... Nothing like eating a fried bologna sandwich with sautéed onions outside of Big Al's when you can smell Butchertown, although I guess bologna could also be coming from that Tyson plant. It's it's a it's a potent smell. I've never eaten a fried bologna's gross. I'm not, I don't I don't like it. Mm, you ain't you ain't had Big Bills up at Old Capital Golf Club. I clearly haven't had Big Al's either. Big Bills is where it's at. That's the best sandwich you can get. Do you have to be a big to to do Bologna sandwich, fried I bologna? Feel, I feel like most guys who do are big. We're just yeah. cleverly named. <laughs> Texas says the Thunder Down Under show in Vegas had a huge increase in tips this week. I don't want to know what that is. I can guess. But I'm assuming that's a reference to Trevor paying for stuff he shouldn't be paying for. <laughs> Texas says, I don't want to hear the details of the life of the texter who would like to live vicariously through Trevor during his Vegas trip. Um, I'm with you. Texas, I can't wait for Louisville to lose and people to say, well, UMBC is a giant slayer known for upsets. Yeah, story writes itself. It was – I knew it was going to happen if we lost the game to Bellman last year. It still frustrated me to see it happen. Like, you always do the thing, and this is not just – it's not just a Louisville-specific thing, but if you're a fan of a major college basketball team that loses really early on in the season – and maybe you don't follow the sport all that closely. You do the thing where it's like, they're actually pretty good. Like, you may not have heard of them, but they're going to win their conference. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament. They're going to shock somebody. And I knew that everyone was going to do it with Bellarmine last year because they just won their conference tournament the year before. And I, I was like, I, I love you guys. 
But this Bellarmine team, and I, I love Scotty, I love Doug, I, I love Bo, I love the whole staff, I love everything about Bell. I graduated from there. Like they're not going to finish in the top half of the ASOC. Like, like that was my whole thing. Like this is not the Bellarmine that you've gotten used to seeing the last couple of years. It's not a team that you should lose to. And sure enough, Bellarmine went on to have a not great by their standard season. They're, they were young. They had some new guys. They lost uh, their best player, Dylan Penn to Vermont, and 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 then it just like kept happening. People were like, that App State team. Pretty damn good. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, we're losing to terrible teams. These teams are awful. Uh, and if we do lose to UMBC last season, and somebody tries to pull up the they beat Virginia six years ago, I'm not. I I, I won't be able to deal with it. I, I can't. I can't take the the covering for November disaster for a second straight year. It can't happen again. Texture says. I think the reason ESPN pushed the Champions Classic back a week is because all four coaches whined about having to play a tough game as the first game instead of beating a low mid-major by a million points. Were they were they whining about that? Not that I remember. I feel like out of that quartet, I feel like Izzo's the only one who doesn't because Izzo secretly likes losing games in November and December. Like he, if you go back and look at like like they they always start slow. They're the team that always is ranked top fifteen preseason. They'll take a couple of losses. They'll fall to the back end of the top 25 or out of the top 25 entirely, and he doesn't care about it because he's you know, he's done this a million times. They're yeah. playing their best basketball in March. I can see Cal whining about it a ton because if they lose any game, he gets crucified for it. Um, I can definitely see Bill Self complaining about it. I don't know why you wouldn't want that game first. I, All I, the eyes on you. And also, if you do lose it, Season Who opener, cares? first yeah. game. Like it, it, it's even more easy to excuse than if you've beaten a couple of nobodies by a billion points in the first week. Like you, um, yeah, I, I don't get. It. And the ratings for that game—they're always ridiculous. I feel like they were even higher than usual when you played them on opening night. Texas says, uh, "I'll start my bid for Mike to play golf with us at five dollars. Your move, Big X. We'll be the ones playing Joker and the Thief on repeat and winning your whole scramble and DX chopping all you losers home as you leave the course." I like that guy's confidence. I kind of want to play for that team now. I'm I'm not bidding. I'll leave the bidding up to DJ Nick if they want to bid, but I'm well, not bidding. Is Nick good at golf? Uh, he's gotten better. Well, I don't like that. He's I don't like the way you he's, said that. He's one of those players that he's going to give you five, six, maybe seven shots throughout a scramble, and they're all going to be surprises. Like, whoa, Roush, nice. Okay. But he's, he, he can hit the ball pretty good. He's been playing more, which – has helped him a lot. I feel like listening to TJ, TJ and I are probably probably on a similar plane. Mm-hmm. I would say so, yeah. But I yeah, I've played one and a half times in the last two years. So I'm I'm struggling a little bit right now. I'm, I'm gonna play in the U of L Media Scramble in a couple of months. You might be RC player then. I might be above you. That's what I'm saying. If I can play if, if I'm a B or a C player in a scramble, we got a shot. If I'm the A player, it's happened a couple of times, yeah, screwed. We're, we're screwed. Yeah. We're done. I was the A player in a scramble, it was me. Doug Davenport, second mention in, in an hour. Um, uh, who's the James Comer, who now is on Fox News all the time? He was the agriculture secretary at the time. This was some weird like pro am thing. And then Roger Berkman, and I was easily the best player out of the four of us, and it went horribly. I think we shot like like six under on a pretty easy course. It was not <laughs> good. Um, Texas says I agree on not expanding the tournament, but it's not perfect. Reseed after each weekend. Uh, Hate that. I don't like that either. Hate that. Is it a little bit unfair? Sure. You getting those little flies in there? I got a ton in here. It's driving me nuts. They're, 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 they're flying all over my face. I can't. Yeah. 
Same. I feel Sorry. like I look like a crazy person in here. Yeah, we're, we're swatting flies in here. <laughs> and we are limping to the finish line here on a Friday. It's okay. <laughs> Only 15 minutes left. We, we, we got it. We can do this. Uh, reseeding the tournament, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I get that it maybe is the most fair thing to do if you're trying to produce the, the most realistic champion, if you're trying to honor the regular season as best you can. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Texas, on behalf of faithful listeners, let me offer a parting shot of thanks to the man, the Miss Scoots. Well done this week. You seem like a good dude. Keep fleecing TK on annual bets. Hey, thanks. There you go. You have to, Appreciate that. It yeah. has been fun. You have made the week very yeah. easy. It was, it was great. We've had it's a good time. It's been a time. good time. Texas said, oh, TJ texted it. I can hear it in your voice, Mike. We all know we're boned on the tournament. We all know money is going to win out. It's just a matter of when. Accurate. It's it's going to happen. Like we're going, and, and the sad thing is, like I know eventually I'm going to come around a little bit and be like, you know, this is this is okay, and I'm going to do that knowing full well that it's just always going to be slightly worse than it was before. Just you know, people are like, more ba- How can you hate more basketball? We get more basketball. Every conference tournament is an extension of the NCAA tournament. That's what I said. The I think. Was it this morning, maybe, or yesterday? One of those days. I said, uh, "Yeah, don't expand the tournament. Just make the conference tournaments double elimination if we want more basketball." It, I mean, th- that's the thing: is this whole like you, everybody has a chance to make the big dance. Everybody has a chance. You get to play until you lose. It's the best thing about college basketball. And one of the things that kind of drives me crazy is when people talk about, "Well, the regular season doesn't matter in college basketball. These games don't actually matter." The reality is, I feel like. The, the regular season, if you view this whole thing as this gigantic big puzzle, every game matters more in college basketball than it does in a lot of sports, namely college football. If you're just talking about the pursuit of the national championship, which is you know, the, the goal of any sport mm-hmm. besides college football is you know who's going to be the champion, who's going to be the last team standing at the end. I did a big thing. I, I always write a big championship week primer. And the thing that I, I did back in, I think it was 2019, was – I went back and I looked at this crazy game between you could easily toss out and be like it, it, it didn't matter at all, and it was between like Hartford and Quinnipiac or, or something, two America East teams, and this guy who had not made a three the entire season makes four in the last two minutes. <laughs> Hartford, because of that loss, ends up getting dropped from the two seed in the America East tournament to like the four seed in the America East tournament. They had destroyed. UMBC, every time they'd hosted them, the America East is this league where you, you always play the games of the, the, the better-seeded team. And my whole point was, like, UMBC had, like, a 15-game losing streak at Hartford, but because of this one crazy dude hitting a bunch of threes, they get to host Hartford in the semifinals. Oh, they beat them. They then beat Vermont. Like, if this dude doesn't hit a bunch of crazy threes, we may never have our first one seed losing to a 16 seed. Like, it, it all builds upon itself. It's all a, a butterfly effect type deal. And I like it the way that it is. And I think that, you know, if you're the 78th best team in college basketball and you want to make make sure you make the, win your conference tournament, right. you get a shot. Go do it. Um, it, I, I just don't think we need to expand it. But I, I'm sure I'll be like, once it comes around, I'll be like, oh, this is, this is fine. Texas 128 would be cool to see the mid-majors get, in, get an upset or two, but I do like 68. The upsets also mean less, you know? Yeah. If you're the, I mean, I don't know. I assume you would just seed it like one through thirty-two and have four regions again. You know, if you're the 
How ugly would those one versus 32 games get, though? I mean, I, I mean, that's 40, 50 point blowouts a lot of times. I take it back. You wouldn't be. Well, I think the initial expansion is going to probably be to like Nine, 92 teams, whatever, not 96, whatever yeah. that number is. So you will, you'll, we'll have buys again, which I think is also stupid. But if we do eventually expand to like 128, like imagine the, you know, the, the excitement for a, I don't know, 24 seed upsetting a seven seed or whatever that would be. I don't know if, you know if that math is right. <laughs> is not the same as, you know, a 15 beating a two or a 14 beating a three. It's just not, it's it just, it, it seems silly. Text says, is Sam Hartman's mom named Eve by chance? Oh, I, I get it. Biblical reference. That's fine. I enjoyed it. Text says, does Trevor go to the bunny ranch so he can surpass his mom as the person in his home who has had sex more recently? <laughs> but it wouldn't be... It, it wouldn't be in his home. It wouldn't yeah. be at his home. That's he, the whole thing. He's got to bring one of them home. That's the whole thing is the Chateau de Kelsey or Kelsey Manor. Uh, his mom has gotten lucky there more recently than he has. Chateau de... Uh, what's his mom's name? Nancy. Yeah, Chateau de Nancy. Right. It's not Kelsey Manor anymore. It's Nancy Manor. I did like, and I'll, I'll say this just because Trevor also said it on air. You know, there was a there was a text. There was one texter initially, and then a bunch of people followed who would just, would just constantly make Trevor's mom jokes. Who were just yeah. like, you know, like that's what I was doing to Trevor's mom last night. And Trevor eventually told his mom about this, and her response was, "Tell that guy to bring it." Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I was listening. <laughs> I was like, Trevor, good lord, your mom's cooler than you are. It's incredible. Texas says, you know there's a whole cottage industry about making jewelry out of your child's baby teeth. Check out Etsy. Oh, my gosh. I feel like at one point I somehow heard about this or that it was something like that where it was just, I, I don't Maybe I should have held on to that baggie. I could have sold it for a necklace. I, I love my kids more than I love anything. I'm not wearing any part of them around my <laughs> neck or my, my finger or any other body. No, it's, it's just not happening. Texas Mike, your co-host can't possibly be originally from Albany because he just called it New Albany. I am not from New Albany. I'm actually from Palmyra. Palmyra. But if you can't, when I was up in Bloomington, I couldn't tell people Palmyra because nobody ever heard of Palmyra. So then my natural thing would be New Albany would be next. If they didn't know where New Albany was, huh, just north of Louisville. I thought everybody in Indiana knew like everything about Indiana. I thought they no. Like, oh God, it's no. not not sure. I thought they Pal- knew all Pal- the high schools and all. Palmyra, that. where I grew up, Mike has 661 people in the latest census okay so there's not a lot of it's one of those towns a lot of people probably know of it because they've drove through it but still yeah there's yeah there's a lot of people that have never heard of that town now do you have a stoplight we do not we have a four-way stop okay four-way stop a gas station we did recently get a dollar general so that's been huge and we and a subway so and my, my wife lives in Springfield, which is a little bit bigger. They they do have one stoplight, which is nice in the in the, the the town square there. I'm always my first experience with a small town, like like going there and existing there. And I, I you know I just always grew up here, which is not the biggest place in the world, but it still is. It's you know, we we have more than one stoplight. But I went to work in Carroll, Iowa, for a summer after my junior year of college. My brother's uh, best friend from college at Northwestern had become the editor of his family's paper there and I was trying to get into to journalism and stuff. So it was a, he's like, come here and live here for two months and get you some good experience. We're a really good paper. And it, it was, it was an awesome experience, but like driving there, I drove through the city without realizing I'd driven through the city. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I thought it was coming up. I was like, I was like, I thought I would see something like, no, like, Oh, that Arby's, that Burger King, that was it. And the first day I was there, they'd gotten their first Arby's. And the line was all the way out into the main road. Guarantee it. People, and they were they were talking about, 
you know, the, the, the guy was my editor, my brother's friend. He was like, I guarantee our secretary talks about the, the cheese fries <laughs> that you get at Arby's. I, I guarantee she brings it up in the first five minutes that you're talking to her. And sure enough, like 30 seconds into meeting her, she's like, have you had the, you see the Arby's? Have you gotten like the cheese fries yet? You can dip them into the cheese. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to love it here. It was great. Texas says, my mom kept baby teeth in an old plastic tube that contained a roll of film. It's weird. She also kept my rat tail that I asked her to cut off the first day of fourth grade in 1994. A rib would be a bridge too far for her. Dot, dot, dot. I hope. Mm. I, I do feel like my mom kept my first tooth for a while in like a scrapbook. I don't know if she's still, if it's still there. And I, I do feel like I, I remember the old plastic tubes that they're talking about with, with the film. I feel like oh, yeah. I can see my mom doing that. But she never would have. She never would have let me have a rat tail to begin with, but she also <laughs> would not have kept it if, I, if I'd cut it off. And I don't think she would ever wear a rib of mine around her neck. Texas, Mike, you can, speak, you can pick a sport for either one of your kids to go professional in. After a four-year career at the University of Louisville, they have an average 10-year career in a professional sport. What sport would it be for each kid? This is fun. Um, I mean, I would love... Basketball for John. I just grew up. I mean, basketball is my first love, and it broke my heart that out of the all the sports I played growing up, the major ones, it was the one that I was the worst at. I think. <laughs> like I was, I was a really good shooter, but I couldn't do anything else. That was me too. I just, I mean, so I played on a team like my my whole grade school growing up. Like my buddy Chris ended up becoming all state at Trinity. Walked on, played at NC State, so he was very good. And we had a couple of other kids that played in high school that were really good, and like. I thought I was good because, like, I would stand at the three-point line. They would beat their man. My guy would come off to help, and I would get to shoot open threes, not realizing that you have to do more than that if you're going to be a short white kid <laughs> trying to play basketball. So, yeah, basketball was my – and it was my dad's – my dad played in college too, so I, I you know, wanted to be good like him. But I just – baseball and football I was better at. So basketball, I would love for John to be a star basketball player. That would be great. Ten-year NBA career would be fun. Plus, I'd be taken care of for life. That would be awesome. Um Virginia, and I don't think Virginia is going to be very big in the sports. She's very much. Then there's only one appropriate answer. What's that? Golf. Oh, golf. Something you all could do together. Golf would be great. I would like to follow her. Like, I've always liked soccer. Like I loved going to my friend's soccer games in high school. Like I, I'd love for her to get into soccer. We tried the little soccer shots this year, and she was, she, she was not into it <laughs> at all. I think she's going to be more drama theater singing. Um, but if I could pick for her, I'd probably say soccer. I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to get involved. Texas says, when Adam and Eve meet Oedipus, <laughs> Sam Hartman story. That's a good talk. What's Oedipus? Oedipus is the 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 old um, story, the old play of the guy who realizes eventually that he's having sex with his mother. Whoa. That's what you, when you have like an Oedipal thing, it's like an attraction to your mom. Hmm. He rips his own eyes out. Whoa. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dark. It's not a happy ending, Scoots. Texas, a couple of years ago, NC Central Basketball had a reality show on the season on, on ESPN+. Plus. I felt bad for them to have to play a million road games during the COVID season. I watched that because I love um, um, the coach, whose name just completely escaped. Aren't they an HBCU? They are. Um, Leonard, oh, God, what's, what's the, the coach's name? I follow him on Twitter. I, I love him. Um, but they've they've dominated the MEAC for a long time. They, Lavelle Moton. They've... Yeah, they've been in the NCAA tournament, I think, like seven times in nine years. He's a real he, – he could have jumped ship for Greener Pastures a bunch of times. He, he's a really successful coach. 
Um, it, it, it was a good series. Duke also had one that I did not watch. That was on ESPN Plus when ESPN Plus like first became a thing. And I was like, I'm not, pay- I'm not paying to do this. Texas, after hearing Mike read the Loose City Mexican team friendly, I think I need a weekly segment where Mike reads random Spanish text. It just rolls off the tongue so naturally. Muy bien, gracias. That's, uh, that's, that's four years of AP Spanish to you. <laughs> Atlante. Texas says, uh, I guess I can send you memes, but on October 7th, we are snatching the rib chain from Hartman's mom like D.I. did from Lauren ATL. I know exactly what you're talking about. Or you could do the, um, you know, the, the, the Friday, uh, you know, taking it back from, from Debo. My mama gave me that. Notice. That's right. Texas says, do the right thing and make the tournament 69 teams. Ayo. Ayo. Texas says, I've got a screenshot from the town of Palmyra's website. And it's, it says, just a reminder, no wipes in the pipes. That, it's a picture of a toilet. That can't be our Palmyra. Are you sure? There's it's, no way. It's they, townofpalmyra.com. There is no way they have a website. I bet they do. I've got to look this up. Town There's of, no way. Townofpalmyra.com is the is the name of the website. Oh my gosh, it really is. It that looks is like a crazy. geography site from like 1995, but it's it's a website. That is that blows my mind. Do you know anyone of the after hours emergency contacts? The town marshal is Dennis Lemmel. Uh, the water superintendent is Cannon Byers. Great name. Um, if if Deborah Adkins is who I, who I think it is, she's the council I, president. Maybe I know her. Virginia Kirkham is a council person. I feel like I've heard of Jason Atwood, too. He's the wastewater supervisor. Yeah. He's probably the one saying, just reminder, no wipes in the pipes. Yeah, probably so. I love that that's the main thing going on in, in Palmyra. Is you, we ask everyone to do your part to take care of the town's sewer system. While wipes and other products may be labeled flushable, they truly are not. They do not break down and cause blockages in the sewer mains. That is true. This is the biggest thing that they've got going on in the entire city. You know my favorite thing about Palmyra? So there's four ways to get into Palmyra. You can either come from the north, south, east, or west. And every way, there's a different sign, like as you enter town. and Like, for instance, one of them, my favorite one is Palmyra. Welcome to Palmyra, where the folks are friendly. I like that. So, yeah, there's like four of them. They're all different. There's fun. I like the one, I think it's a city in Kentucky that went viral where it's like, you know, welcome to blah, blah, blah. It's like home of... 672 of the nicest people you ever meet. And it's like, and, and, and two grouches. Like, <laughs> I always, always enjoy that one. It's good. Oh, we do have our grouches too. We have the liars and uh, the liars club that has breakfast at the save a step every Sunday. The liars club. Yeah. They sit in there and they tell hunting and fishing stories and just BS. And none of what they say is true. A lot of farmers go there too to eat breakfast. Are the liars club like the, the social outcasts of Palmyra? No, I mean, they're, they're friendly. They're, they're actually quite the opposite. Everybody knows. If you're in the Liars Club, everybody knows you, and you know everybody. It's like the Palmyra gang. Yeah, they have basically. Gangs in Palmyra? Yeah, they're the 85 year old gang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you. We're about done here. Baseball is back tonight. We lied and said it was going to be back last night, and then we were corrected. But it is officially back tonight. The Reds are hosting the Brewers. Seven ten. First pitch. Thank God, uh, we're back. Graham Ashcraft against Corbin Burns didn't go well the last time the the the, the Reds faced Burns, which was just a couple of uh, I guess I guess a week ago. Scoots, who do you like here? You've placed a wager. I know who you like, but tell the people. I have placed a wager on the Brewers, which means the Reds are going to win. Um, yeah, just the pitching matchup. It's just not great. Yeah, it's it's so uneven. I mean, Corbin Burns versus Graham Ashcraft. Ashcraft struggled. Burns has been 
Well, he hasn't been Burns of the past. He hasn't. He he's been pretty solid this year. And and the Reds, as you mentioned, struggled against him in last outing. So yeah, I think the Brewers win it. I, I do like the Reds to win the next two though. Now Graham's been better recently. His last two starts, he's been better. Corbin Burns basically torched the Reds by just throwing a cutter. I think at one point he'd thrown like ninety-two percent of his pitches were just the, the cutting fastball. You'd hope they would learn from that and be more prepared this go around. I think I think the Reds are going to win this game. Like Ashcraft pitches well. I think he shoves tonight, and then I think they lose tomorrow and then win Sunday, and then end up uh, two games ahead. Moving on to it. Mean, That'd be the, ideal. The rest of their month is tough. Their schedule yeah, is, is tough. It and is. I, I, I don't like the fact that we've gotten away from the playing all the games against divisional opponents. You play divisional teams way less than you used to you with the do, new schedule. Yeah. And we play a ton of the, the best teams from the AL and the NL. We, we should month. play every team. I, w- I think with the way the ideally, schedule is now, you play every team in the league. I know the Reds play the Yankees next year on 4th of July in New York, which will be kind of cool. Sweet. And, you know, the Yankees I hate now. Because they fired my friend, so suck it. <laughs> Hope they win. Uh, go Reds. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. TK will be back on Monday. Big thanks to Scoots. It's been a lot of fun this week, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate me. you filling in. Also, young Patrick Ryan spending some time with us on Tuesday and Keith Wynn hopping on on Wednesday. It's been a team effort. We've enjoyed it. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you guys back here 3 o'clock on Monday. Get it right. Get it right.